It's safe to say that zombies are one of the most popular, if not the most popular, horror subgenres. The Walking Dead, at least for the first five seasons, was consistently the highest rated show on television, and the fifth season premiere was the most watched episode in cable history, with 17.3 million viewers. Welcome to Zombie Night Extravaganza. Last week, we started with George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. This movie invented the zombie genre, as we know it, and began shaping some definable rules. The rules really began to take shape with Romero's 1978 follow-up, Dawn of the Dead. These are the Romero zombies. They are generally slow-moving, their only impulse is to eat human flesh, and their initial cause is unknown. In 1985, Romero released the ambitious and groundbreaking third installment of the Dead series, Day of the Dead, where he showed that his zombies could remember some parts of their old identity, learn, and develop some new memories. Tonight, we look at a movie that blows that all up. After Night of the Living Dead debuted, George A. Romero and co-writer John Russo disagreed on how to continue the series. A compromise was reached. Romero would continue to make dead films, while Russo would make living dead films. After bouncing around studios, Return of the Living Dead was released in 1985, the same year that Day of the Dead came out. Russo finally settled on first-time director Dan O'Bannon. O'Bannon was a longtime screenwriter, who co-wrote John Carpenter's Dark Star as a film student and the screenplay for Alien, which is based on a short story he had written with his roommate. O'Bannon struggled throughout the directorial process and garnered a reputation as a demanding and difficult director. So Return for me was a real education in how not to direct a movie, how not to manage other people. And um, I wouldn't even consider directing until I had rethought the whole process. So, what was different about Return of the Living Dead? For one thing, it was a slapstick comedy that didn't take the horror element seriously to make social commentary like George A. Romero's films did. For another thing, O'Bannon's zombies were very different from Romero's. The film's canon is almost immediately established. Night of the Living Dead exists as a movie, as does an unnamed George A. Romero, who is based on true events. Let me ask you a question, kid. Did you see that movie, Night of the Living Dead? In the Living Dead films, the zombie outbreak has been caused by a strange chemical called 245-trioxin, which reanimates the dead and is apparently also good on the ganja the U.S. military has been experimenting with. The biggest change, pointed out almost constantly, is that O'Bannon creates 
fast zombies. Speedy little devils. They specifically crave brains because death is, apparently, extremely painful. I can feel myself rot. Another major change is that it's unclear whether zombie bites infect the bitten with trioxin. However, direct contact with trioxin will kill and reanimate any character unlucky enough to breathe in a dose. One other major change is that destroying the brain will not stop the zombies, nor will cutting off body parts. Each body part reanimates by itself. Despite being a silly slapstick comedy film, Return of the Living Dead is well-loved as a fun, punk zombie entry. I mean, I got something to say, you know? What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Christina Oaks, she has recently rebranded to Cosmopolitics, twitch.tv slash Cosmopolitics, or on Patreon, or find her on all the social media uh, websites, and she streams about four times a week. It's her birthday today, so make sure to wish her a happy birthday in the chat. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal and the frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. They just got back from touring on the East Coast, and I got to see Conan play in Peekskill, New York. It was pretty awesome. Matt Bender, host of both Scam Economy and Doomed. He writes for Mashable and is a contributor on the Majority Report. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. I forgot to introduce myself earlier. Without further ado... Let's get started. You forget every time. <laughs> every time you forget. It's because it's a pre-recorded intro. I like I like the recurring bit that like I forget every time and I'm just doing it yeah. live. <laughs> I also like the rip from the headlines picture of you and me on Saturday. That was pretty impressive. I was like, oh. yeah. Well, I had to add, you know, I had to add uh, the birthday girl part for uh, for That's Christina, right. and I had to add Matt Binder, of course, featured guest on to the uh, onto that thing. So I figured that I would also put that picture on there. I mean, it takes like yeah. five seconds extra. Uh, she'd appreciate the term birthday ghoul. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I know. <laughs> happy birthday, Christina. Happy Woo! birthday. Yeah, well, happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. Uh, my Mark Ops. Uh, what happened was 29 years ago, I did not want to stay in my mother's uterus for another two months. So I was like, get me the fuck out of here. And yeah, so she almost had me on a couch. <laughs> we, uh, we have a Matt Bender was infected by Tim Pool's beanie stench. Uh, you know, comment in the. In Come the on, Gumby. <laughs> I don't know if that's also how I got COVID because I got uh, I got COVID back in May or June, and it was after I went to the uh, right. hotel like hotel bar where Ben Burgess debated Tulsi, you know, friend to show Tulsi Gabbard <laughs> and uh, and Tim Pool. And my my thing was that Tim Pool accidentally like you know moved his beanie around and gave me COVID through that like through the through the walls. 
Yeah, two minutes of on air time. You already got Tim Pool and Tulsi Gabbard. Anything else to hit the bingo? Well, it's Tulsi Gabbard Day, you know. <laughs> it is. I assure you, it is not. Uh, yeah. Hey. So I know Night of the Living Dead was last week, but I'm probably the only one in this panel who 24 hours ago was about 10 minutes away from the Night of the Living Dead graveyard, and then oh, like, oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. We were. We played Pittsburgh on uh, Sunday, and we also we. We went to the Dawn of the Dead, the Monroeville Mall. We went to the Dawn of the Dead Mall, but it was like a half hour after they closed, which Sunday hours. It is a mall. It's also like a national <laughs> monument for nerds, but it's a mall. Thing. And you didn't break in. Well, what is a mall You're if not, not a national monument for nerds in general? Uh, you know? I, I, I consider it a monument to capitalism, but that's that's a different mm -hmm. movie. And we covered that last year. So that's why it's not this yes. year. But yeah, Return of the Living Dead, allegedly Louisville, Kentucky. Looks nothing like Louisville, Kentucky because they they filmed in like Century City and like a few places in L.A. They could film cheaply. But yeah, it's allegedly Louisville, Kentucky. It looks nothing like Louisville, Kentucky. But I love that. They only mention that like really far into it, too. Like they're like, oh, what city is yeah. it? Oh, they're by Louisville, Kentucky. And it's like. You could have just said any like you could have just made up a city considering the place is called like uh, what like you need a you need a labs like <laughs> I don't I don't think you need like the Kentucky reference but you know what maybe that's I guess it's where you could actually drop a nuke and it can only destroy within this amount of like space was it and, 20 blocks he said it was like 20 what kind of nuke is that <laughs> well it's a it's a it's a short range tactical nuke you know yeah, they they they've designed them smaller and smaller so they can drop them on Russia uh, it's a thumb drive nuke, nuke. <laughs> they they it's, it's real tiny it's real small. We're really jumping ahead here. <laughs> and so did a part two. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, we're talking about part two today. Right. That's, a, yeah, that's yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah. That's another good one. No, we don't. We, I, part two has right. a great poster, uh, which I would argue is better than the uh, than Return of the Living Dead's poster. But that's just my opinion. Uh, I, I'm always bringing it up because it, it's very interesting to be at, like, uh, since it's zombie month, that, like, I was literally just at the locations that some of these films were, like, you conceived. And that's kind of, that's pretty unique. So, uh, but yeah, Return of the Living Dead, uh, it's more of a vibe than a place, isn't it? I mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, w when I first watched that, I wasn't, ex I did not know. I never saw it before until recently. And I didn't think it was, like gonna be a comedy but i was like laughing my ass off i was like man these zombies are ridiculous and now i'm realizing since the punk aesthetic was really like a major thing when it came to this film i'm like yeah man, I, I should have dressed up in my like punky outfit but whatever not yeah, not really much at all how punk rock works by the way but yeah. that, that's neither here nor there that, that, that's, a separate, that's a separate discussion i um no i i uh, first actually uh, I, I first saw it and then i want to ask matt how, how he first saw this because he was excited to be on this panel but uh i went through walking dead ended for a season or like for a season break or something like years years ago and uh i was watching walking dead at the time like every week and i was like i should just watch every zombie movie i can find so i didn't know anything about Re return of the living dead going in and i watched that and i was like oh this is this is like an eighties an eighties uh punk musical comedy slash like not really music. I, well, they, I mean, they have a personalized soundtrack, so I guess it counts as like a musical comedy. But which I would love to do that kind of work. By the way, anybody making zombie movies, like you know, hit me up. Like I mean, I, I would love to do that. That'd be great. Thriller. Well, that's a short film, but still. Yeah, that's, that's, this, is, that's this is like this is like Thriller as a uh, one of those like. Um, Sunday afternoon PSAs or whatever, like the after school specials. Oh, this is, yeah, this yeah. is like after school special thriller. That's how I would describe it to people. But Matt, let's hear from you. Let's uh when did you first see this? And did you see this right. before Night of the Living Dead? That's my question too. 
I, I did not because I was shown Night of the Living Dead. Well, first of all, I want to say it's great to be here. I just realized yeah. I haven't. Also, been, welcome. Yeah, 13 minutes yeah, in. Welcome I, to the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for inviting me. And it's my pleasure. And this was the, the perfect one for me to uh, to be on personally because this is one of my favorites. Uh, I'm, I'm a big zombie movie guy. I've been a zombie person for a very long time. I'm a horror person all, all together, but really zombies are my my forte. And, uh, and this, this one is probably, it's up there. It's up. There. I mean, I'm wearing, I got, I'm wearing the shirt <laughs> for, I was say, for you the, got the apparel. For, I mean, like, right. Yeah, for the, this, 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 right. And, um, I like how it's radioactive I, green. That's a good, uh, yeah. It's good yeah I can never wear this one on my, on my show. Cause I use a green screen, uh, background and oh, it throws it off. Yeah. So yeah. And then you can't see anything. So I'm, I'm, I'm repping the return of the living dead shirt. When I don't have to use the green screen. Well, by the way, know. I should uh, I, I should say I've stolen I've stolen your explanations that you've had on for the uh, when, when crypto is kind of falling apart when the crash happens. I I was recording a, a podcast uh, with uh, with Kenzo and Ravana, and I wanted to like seem really educated, so I went on a bike ride for like three <laughs> hours and listened to the two episodes that you guys did on uh on on the crypto crash, and then I came in and I was like, yeah, I know all about this. I'm, I'm totally up to date on this. Yeah, he's like well, Joe Biden with uh, Neil Kinnock's speech. He's, he's like plagiarizing. <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> so that's what it's there for. Him. One day you could become president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Who knew? But yeah. Sorry, I just, wanted, I just wanted to say that. All right, so my, my dad showed me Night of the Living Dead at a probably at an age that uh, <laughs> was probably too young for me to see Night of the Living Dead. So, um, and your so, dad's and in the chat right now, probably, right? My dad is in the chat because yeah. he tunes in every Tuesday to the normal. I usually I, – I, I pushed Doomed to be here because I wanted to be here so badly. Uh, so he's the one that put uh, my favorite quote, which is send more cops in. That's your dad. Yes. Dude, that is my favorite quote. And that, because it's because that's like lunchtime, send more cops. You know, it's great. That or send more paramedics. Both of them are supportive dad. But with yes. all love to the paramedics, I think send more cops is age better. But go ahead. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so, I mean, I, I don't even remember how I came across this one, but I, I came across it a, a while ago. I don't remember when, probably Jeets. Uh, maybe at least when I was 15, 16, and I, so, so 20, 21 years ago. Um, and that's like the perfect I, age, too. That's like the perfect yeah. age to find this movie for sure. Yeah. And, and I, I, it, I, I mean, I was going through my discovery a little bit earlier than that, but my discovery of punk rock was like 12, 13. And this movie hit it all. It's got everything I want a horror, punk. Uh, the one unfortunate thing is that the coolest character in the movie, Suicide, is the first to, to be killed. <laughs> the one who, in that intro that you put together, uh, this is a way of life. Yeah, he gets, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, he gets like the most uh the, the best line i think out of all of them besides uh besides spider with his uh you know he's he's like it, it's you think this is just a fashion thing no it's a way of life and he does a fucking john travolta impression right <laughs> and what's funny is if, if not for the tone of voice and delivery it could hit completely differently and more earnestly as an actual uh because it is actually punk rock is not a style of music it is a way of life right just not right. exactly as depicted by the documentary uh, return of the living dead but you know <laughs> it, it but it's again it, it it works well even though it is kind of like we'll just charitably say like uh, over enthusiastic delivery for him. <laughs> right yeah and you know but he also gets to get killed by tarman which is if Who's you're gonna die best? 
that's the, yeah. that, that's the way to go right yeah um yeah. beautifully yeah, it, beautifully created too just, just yeah still slaps yes see that's the that, that's the thing about this movie i know i think you know i think day of the dead has pretty good zombies but 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 Night of the Living Dead, obviously it's in black and white, so you can't tell that much. But da Dawn of the Dead, for as good of a movie as it is, the zombies suck. Like, the zombies are probably the worst uh, uh, design of any of the zombies in the in the in any of the zombie movies of that era. I mean, even Lucio Fulci's Zombie 2 had incredible zombies, and that came out you know, before that. Um, so to see the zombies here, like, I feel like this movie is so underrated. Uh, Return of the Living Dead in terms of how people view modern day zombies. A lot of the, the lore of zombies certainly comes from George Romero's film, but I feel like a lot of what people visualize the zombie comes from Return of the Living Dead without people even realizing it's Return of the Living Dead. I mean, you'll hear people still to this day uh, when they think of zombies, oh, I want to eat your brains, brains. Right. For and that alone, yeah, that, just like it being like instead of like they're just like oh, it's like no, they say brains, and that's right. That's, that's, yeah. that's from this movie. There yeah. was no brains, whether it was Romero or any other spinoff from another director from another from Italy or from wherever. Uh, doesn't matter where it was. This was the first film to connect yeah. the zombies with the musty brains thing and the zombies even audibly saying vocally saying brains and i, I feel like people say that without even realizing this movie even exists whatever was the etymology of it yeah yeah absolutely and, yeah and, and it, i like that there's the like in the in universe of this movie neither living dead is a movie and canonically the rules from neither living dead are in there and then are also like oh no that that's you mean you know what's the, what's the the movie lied <laughs> like yeah, right. like <laughs> like it's such it's such a great moment because obviously there's no way to get around it it's like one of the biggest it's one of like what it's like one of the biggest horror movies of all time with the most successful independent uh films of all time like it's huge and it's all pervasive so rather than trying to ignore it uh or directly pay homage to it it's like referenced in such a way but they add their own uh thing to it and how they do that is basically by making them somewhat indestructible so like a nuke will do it but like yeah. like 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 I, it's hard yeah like I, you have to you have to actually incinerate them for yeah, them to, you, right yeah like so the implication is With like problems yeah, <laughs> yeah like because you can't you can't announce a pope after you kill the zombie yeah, like this creates like a new, like even more. How long were you waiting to say that, by the way, with zombie folk? Were years, you waiting like for 20 years minutes? Years I've been waiting okay, for this. Right, okay. right. <laughs> this. But also too, like this adds like more tropes to the zombies, like how they're basically indestructible. Even, you know, you can't even destroy the brain. You got to do like something right. so extreme in order to kill them. And also too, giving them a more updated look, like different stages of like decay, for instance. Right. Yeah, which are all well, the same points that I was going to make, and also I was going to mention going back to the I Am Legend discussion because we have a shared brain. Like yeah, we established that last episode of a shared brain, Christina. Uh, that uh, <laughs> the that they have sentience, right? That like like I Am Legend. We talk about I Am Legend a lot, or at least I attempted to. And uh, one of the things that makes I Am Legend so amazing is because you have them like harrying uh, the, uh, the main character. And they're harrying them because they have like intelligence. They're trying to get them to like come out so they can, so they can get them. Right. And so like this brings that in, which is a whole different level of like, no, these like 
they're cagey. They'd be like, send more paramedics, send more cops, you know, like oh, we we need, you know, we want more. And and nobody's going to, and nobody's going to think like, Hey, there's some danger here. Like when you hear like send more cops, yeah. you just send more cops in the dispatch. Like, it's I mean, the emergency. Not, yeah, <laughs> honestly, the only time it's ever okay for someone to call and ask for the cops to come. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one's saying abolish the police in this movie. Well, I mean, the zombies are kind of saying, well, not abolish. They want to abolish the police altogether in because they're going to eat them way. all. They want to yeah. abolish yeah. the police by devouring the police. Well, no, it's um, you know, it's let's let's face it though. <laughs> this movie is a little bit more right wing than some other uh, of the zombie films because it does kind of focus like uh, at the beginning, like, oh, government's bad because you know, like, oh, this is built by the U.S. Army of Engineers. Nothing can happen to it, and then it breaks immediately. Well, I don't think that know? that's I don't think that's saying government's it's, bad, but I think it's well, it's, of the it's US a Army. little bit. It's feeding into that whole Reagan '80s, uh, you know, sure. government does nothing I mean, right kind of thing. It's more, it's feeding into the army as like kind of an incompetent organization right like we have so much like this, this is such a decadent and like over over abundant society i guess that like the army is just like oh it's okay we can lose these yeah. uh we can lose well, these chemicals and uh you know from from a private company that like might turn you into a fucking zombie like well, whatever like we'll we'll keep looking for them like this, like they don't seem that stressed out about it when they finally get the call they're like hey the eggs have hatched and the fucking <laughs> Well, what, what, what does he say? Like, oh yeah, you know, why why didn't you call sooner? <laughs> because <laughs> apparently this dude's only job is to wait for the phone to ring for a zombie outbreak, which is an amazing <laughs> job. But he doesn't seem very happy at it. He seems pretty bummed out about it, frankly. But they seem well, he misses the great days about, of, yeah. about those things, those uh, those barrels missing. I mean, if they could create zombies and all out zombie Armageddon, you think they would be a little bit more proactive than just waiting for someone to call them <laughs> yeah with a phone number written on the barrel like literally right. stenciled on the barrel call this number for a good time or, or to save us from a zombie apocalypse whatever they're like they're like you know what someone's bound to call like you know they call the cops they call the paramedics like yeah. someone's gonna call us eventually like it's gonna get bad they can't call <laughs> ghostbusters because they don't specialize in zombies <laughs> exactly. we should also mention that this is the first film to portray I don't think we've mentioned it yet. It's the first film to portray fast zombies. You're right. You're right. And was, we are covering 28 days later, later in the month, which kind of took that to the extreme. But again, in that same way, those are infected people just like they are here. Like technically. So there's the academic question. Are they actually zombies? Right. What does it mean to be a zombie? What qualifies a zombie? Which have you ever looked at Reddit for those threads? Don't, by the way. But <laughs> <laughs> they usually they usually put them into two categories. They have Omera, um, you know, the George A. Romero zombies, and yeah. then they have the O'Bannon zombies, and they the people really duke them out online. Well, like, I think no, that that's the, if the yeah. if, if if the car if 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 the infected are dead. Then they're zombies. They're and in this movie, yeah. they are confirmed to be dead. Even the the even um what are their names? Uh, was it Fred? Fred, uh, F Frank and Frank. um, what's his name? Freddie. Frank and Freddie are the two who get infected. The two uh, the right, two the two guys at the beginning, the, the buddy yeah, the cop two, movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they are confirmed by the paramedics who arrive to be dead. They were compl yeah. paramedics completely confused by it. They have no vital signs. Like, this is crazy, um, but uh, you don't actually have any life signs. And they're talking. Right. What do you mean? I don't have any life signs. And the uh, <laughs> the the uh, the mortician uh, Ernie, who by far steals the movie, if you ask me. Oh. Wonderful actor. Uh, yeah. Uh, Don uh, Kefa Kefa. I'm not sure how to say Kalfa. I think I can't remember how to say his name. Um, but he he steals the movie, if you ask me, uh, in terms of uh, acting. But. Um, 
Yeah, Don Don Kalfa. Yeah, he he confirms to them that they're going through rigor mortis too when they start feeling pain right. in their bodies. I mean, <laughs> right. they are dead. Whereas in Twenty Eight Days Later and other infected movies, there is a belief that you can cure these people because obviously they haven't died yet. You, you, so that's not yeah. Night of the Living yeah. Redditors. Says, uh, I, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I try not to read the comments when I'm talking. That's super <laughs> <laughs> they're funny. <laughs> yeah, but like, but yeah, like you're saying, like they're infected people that like there could be a cure for it as opposed to like, oh no, you may not realize it, but you're actually dead at this point. Like what? What do you yeah. mean? I'm... And and they don't have like the the formative moment, I guess, that you see in a lot of these movies where like the characters actually die, and then you see them dead, and the person's like, you see like, them, like, rise him, up like, or whatever. like you see yeah. him for one second, and then he's like back, and he's like, yeah. I've had my moment of clarity, and I know it will stop this pain, and then that's when he fucking goes live brains and goes for her. That's like the one time you really see anybody turn. I mean, besides like uh, you know, there's the um, all right, we got a super chat from the Ooh. emo dragon. Ooh. Zombies oh. and Bender, great combo. What up, Forrest, Andy, and Conan? Screaming happy birthday, Christina. Matt's dad follows me on Twitter. He's based AF. That's more of a comment than a question, but thank you, Emo Dragon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we we appreciate it. it. We're, we're, we're there's a question mark after Conan, so technically <laughs> that is a question. Uh, yeah, uh, what up? Uh, you know, not much. Yeah. Just, just chilling. It's four ninety nine yeah. too. Is this like a running a sale? Like what? What is? It? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, th I think it's four ninety nine, nine ninety nine, and uh, yeah, I think there's a. There, there's out. a lawyer in Augusta, Georgia, where it's like call the line nine 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 nine, and I'm like, why? <laughs> well, that's nine. that's the number. That's the number you that's call when number? you find when you find the chemical from. Um, Garrow Chemical Company that, you know, you have to call that number and then you get in touch with the, you know, the military. They'll send a tactical nuke to your house. Yes. So another thing that uh, Return of the Living Dead does, though, is like the when you dismember them, like the limbs still are like a uh, are a threat as well. You know, yeah. like that, like that. That's a whole thing, which, again, is a different kind of threat because it's like, OK, you can completely incinerate the body. You can nuke them. But like, how else do you really get rid of these? You're, you can't just shoot them in the head like you can like the rest of them, which makes them a much more like crazy, like high threat level. If you stop and think about it. Yeah. You wonder how like they, they actually were able to contain it in the first place. <laughs> like this <laughs> i like this job <laughs> that's great that's a, that's another very funny moment but i saw that again i was like oh that's funny because <laughs> that guy's totally uh nobody wants to work anymore when someone disagrees with them i'm sure yeah no that that guy is i i like every level of this movie feels like it's it's uh baked in with incompetence like a, a perfect example is oh, when yeah. the when the hand runs in and grabs the, the one guy who should be kind of calm in the situation to like, know like, Hey, these are like, you know, these are, uh, these are dead people. I know about dead people. I know about rigor mortis. Like all yeah, this I stuff. literally work with them all starts, day. It's my that favorite. guy starts freaking out and like tears his pants because the hand grabs him, which I would too. But like, you'd think that would be the one guy that's like, okay, calm down. Uh, these are just dead bodies. I incinerate these all the time. And, and then it, there's a really, there's an interesting long shot where they're in conversation where he just like, you know, kind of cuts off the leg. And you're like, well, what's going to happen with that? Nothing. We're just watching a man cut the rest of the leg of the pants off. Okay, cool. That's fine. That's, <laughs> not something might happen, but yeah, you know, like makes sense. He's not going to be. <laughs> he doesn't have stripper pants. Is that? You, know, like, you don't uh, want to trip on it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I get it. I honestly feel like I'm wearing a stripper outfit right now. To be honest, <laughs> nobody's mad at it though. <laughs> so I grabbed yeah. this, I grabbed this clip for uh, for Andy. Uh, this is uh, talking about 
designing the actual zombies and it, it's Dan O'Bannon oh. and uh, the art director, Andy, who's the art director that, that you, uh, uh, William Stout. Yeah. Bill Stout. I think delicious. Yes. Bill Stout. <laughs> <laughs> A stout for the whole family. <laughs> Very specific views on what this film should look like he actually made my job as production designer very easy because dan is a very visual person i don't know if you're aware but but dan can really draw well really good artist and so made my job much easier because he was very specific with what he wanted uh he wanted the corpses to look realistic and so that put me on this sort of path of discovery and researching actual corpses, preserved corpses and what they look like. I, I got the, the huge photo book on the mummies of Guanajuato. Uh, I began doing uh, research at the LA Public Library, looking at uh, police pathology photographs. Uh, our intent was to make this film look as real as possible. Even though there were a lot of comedic aspects, we thought that by making it as real as possible, it would actually sell the comedy even better. My basic design uh, point of departures were the mummies of Guanajuato, uh, actual police pathology photographs. And then also, Dan and I are both big fans of the old EC comics, Tales of the Crypt, Vault of Horror, Crypt of Terror, things like that. And so we wanted to pull some of that influence into it as well, especially because the EC comics sort of treated the, the resurrection of the dead as, as a horror piece, but also with a lot of humor as well. And so I went back and looked at the Graham Ingalls and the Jack Davis work and, and used their corpses, the revivified corpses also to influence uh, the look of the corpses. And Dan treated the corpses as as principles in the film. In fact, his phrase for it was the principal corpses. So we had the principal actors, but we also had the principal corpses, Tarman being the main principal corpse, also the, the half corpse, the woman on the gurney, another principal corpse, uh, the yellow man, uh, another principal corpse. And then there were all these subsidiary principal corpses or, or not so principal corpses, such as the fellows up here. Uh, this was, was based on a Guanajuato mummy, as was this. This was more EC influenced. In fact, I named this one EC. I thought it would be funny if one of them had lost their lower jaw, since there really isn't anything that connects the lower jaw to the head once you're dead. If, especially if it rots away. And so I named him Jaws. Uh, this is also based on Guanajuato Mummy. This was a, a little tribute to Bernie Wrightson. Uh, this is the look that we really wanted to have in the film. Bernie Zombie uh, 2020, the by the way. Tarman. Um, <laughs> Tarman was a real interesting problem in that here we wanted to present this basically a skeleton who's uh, flesh is turned into this tar-like substance and it's stripping off the bones. Well, how do you do that convincingly with a man in a suit? It's obviously going to be much bulkier than a skeleton. So uh, there was a couple of solutions to that. For, for one, whenever I do man in suit creatures or monsters, I always insist that you never hire a stuntman for that. You always hire an actor because the actor is going to bring an extra special bit of life to that that costume or that suit. He's going to think of things because of his craft that a stuntman would never think of. Other Stuntmen tend, their job is to think of action. So actors, uh, we got this fabulous actor, Alan Troutman, to be in the suit. And Alan is incredibly thin, incredibly thin. And so what I did is I designed this in such a way so that the bones were actually layered on the outside of Alan's body. And then we built up 
the flesh or the, the dripping flesh on top of that. So the illusion was that this was the skeleton. Alan could move in a way. It, it looked as though his bones weren't connected, weren't held together by anything. So he was incredible, incredible movements. He really brought that suit to life. The whole EC Comics thing totally makes sense now that he says it, too. Yes, and also, right? let, let me just throw in that Tarman, probably one of the coolest horror movie characters in this era. I mean, real talk, right? And, and really great yeah, to also see him mention uh, Bernie Wrightson, who, who uh, you know, really raised the bar on the uh, zombie paintings in the 70s. Uh, I also really like that he kind of looks like Bernie Sanders, the, the zombie they designed of him. You? No, no, it looks like Bernie Wrightson, man. I had dinner with the uh, dude. Um He's, he's, he was, I mean, he passed away a few years ago, uh, an incredible artist, uh, worked, a, he actually did uh, set design work on a couple movies himself, including Ghostbusters and The Faculty. Uh, and uh, I had dinner with him right around the time The Faculty came out. Um, but what's up, Jason? Uh, I have the best comment uh, right, right, right now queued up that I think we were going to get tonight. Never send more cops. 911 is a joke. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Flavor of the dead. God damn it. Um, I'm dead. One of my favorite commenters. Uh, yeah, but I, yeah, I realized, but, I realized yeah. that, you know, watching that clip that Andy was going to get super excited about the, like watching them talk about the process of actually designing the, I mean, the uh, fact that I have a Jack Davis impersonation, which, which I'm not going to do here. Cause nobody really cares. Um, thank God. tells you like, like how much, <laughs> uh, you know, I, love, I, I actually got to meet Jack Davis as a kid too. Um, which was amazing. Cause, uh, you know, that, that dude's an absolute legend. Uh, uh one of these days I'm going to head back to Georgia and visit, uh, his art archives at the, uh, Georgia, uh, Georgia university, um, library. Because so if you want, if you want to hear more about all that, Andy will talk about it in the after party. I'm sure. Well, I think I think we're not going to do an after party tonight, but the after party oh, on Friday. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, you Friday. Know, never yeah. mind. <laughs> Friday, I'll tell you how I got to have dinner with Bernie Wrights, and that's quite a hell of a story. But that's not a uh, that is not a topic for uh, discussion tonight. Great, Matt. Did you know any of that stuff in that clip? Because I didn't. I did not know. That was very interesting. I, you could see it in some of the. I mean, they it really the zombies in this are are are. Every, I feel like every movie going forward after this took from this movie the zombie designs. There, there's no, you know, they, they, as you know, as influential as Romero's zombie movies are, the zombies never look like they do in the Romero movies again. I mean, this is how the zombies look going forward. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe you got, you know, Bub is the closest to, you know, from a, a Day of the Dead is the closest to what you got in here from Romero. Which, uh, but, which they came out simultaneously, which makes you wonder. Uh, yeah, they both came out in 1985. So you have to wonder if they, uh, if if they kind of stole. Which one shot out. first? Which one shot first? Do we know? Like like Han shot first or Greedo shot first? Is that what you're <laughs> asking? <laughs> which which movie? Which movie went to production first? I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm mean, gonna, uh, I'm gonna guess it was. I'm gonna guess it was Day of the Dead. But let me see if I can find an. Actual uh, Return of the Living Dead actually uh, started a long time before that. It was a. Uh, uh, he wrote the script back in the 70s. Um, the the nobody was interested in the script. He turned it into a novel, which I've never read. Um, then, uh, uh, you know, the 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 uh, finally studio got a hold of it. Uh, was going to go forward with uh, Toby Hooper as the uh, uh, director. Oh, is that uh, pre or post Life Force? Which is actually pre Life Force because he left really? working okay. on this to do Life, to work Force, on Life Force, which was also written by Dan O'Bannon. 
Which also has another woman naked for a large portion of the movie. Oh, wow. So Day of the Dead. <laughs> Not that so, I keep track of such things. So Day of the Dead was released a month before Return of the Living Dead. Yeah, yes. they would, that, that would have meant that filming was done, uh, you know. But, but it's the same time, necessarily. We don't know. Cares, that necessarily yeah. doesn't mean that does not mean. But, it, you know, what I'm saying is uh, being that there was some uh, personal uh, connections between these movies, um, it's possible that Romero felt he had to step up the zombie uh, yeah, costume well, design. Also, there was influence uh, one way early, and then, like, maybe some influence was kind of came back. Right. Yeah. And, and, right. Also, don't forget, uh, you know, uh, by the time Day of the Dead came out, um, uh, the the uh, guy who did like a lot of the props and special effects, uh, whose name is escaping me at the moment, which I can't, Tom Savini, uh, Tom Savini oh, yeah. was able to kind of raise his game, uh, you know, from what he was doing in, um, you know, uh, Dawn of the Dead to Day yeah. of the Dead. As much as Matt Bender was talking trash about Dawn of the Dead, all the awesome stuff is all Tom Savini, who, to be fair, was still learning his, his craft at the time. He didn't. He was, right, wasn't the right. master. Right. I, I, I love that he puts himself. He gets, he gets wedged. <laughs> talking trash. Are you talking? It's crazy. It's talking trash. It's Bender character. I like that he's. I like that he wedges himself in there as a motorcycle guy too. Like he tries to get as much. Oh yeah, which is great. That's an that's an incredible cameo. He's just awesome. it through the mall, like. <laughs> Why would I, I will. I will say the original, the original Dawn of the Dead, my, my least favorite of the the original three Romero zombie movies. What? Yes, I know. I know. What? I know. I know. Most Get off this show. The, most people think the opposite. Now. I that mean, is Night one of my living, favorite movies of all time, my guy. I, I, I actually, I actually think Night of the Living, obviously Night of the Living Dead's better. I think, um, but also I think Day of the Dead is better than Dawn of the Dead. Um, you're mental, but I love also it. the Dawn of the Dead remake in 2004 really look, upped the look, game. And if they, and, uh, no, no, that movie, oh, that movie really <laughs> right, that right, one. I mean, I don't think if I don't, they called I it, if they called it anything other than Dawn of the Dead, like I would just objectively say I liked it. But I, what I hated about the remake of the Dawn of the Dead, it wasn't that it wasn't a good movie, it's just that the critique of commercialism is completely gone. It's just like, oh, they're in a mall for like no reason, and they're in a mall for zombie- what you do in 2004. <laughs> it's fast zombies for no reason or explanation. It's probably one of the it's well, it's assuredly one of the better Zack Snyder movies. I actually like it, but if they had been called it something other than Dawn of the Dead, I would have liked it. Yeah, but then I, I like it. Dawn of the Dead. It's the one of my favorite movies. The best zombie movie of that. all time. <laughs> Scooby Doo. Reiterating the point for people to join later for us. I, I <laughs> like the original. Da- I like the original Dawn of the Dead. I just think it's a little overrated. You're, for you're the, just a Snyder fanboy. The get it. adulation. <laughs> <it receives>. oh, <laughs> it's it's the zombies in that movie are probably the worst of any of the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> they're really yeah. bad. Yeah, they're the really purple skin, bad. not not, not just, really doing it for me, but yeah. Yeah, it's just regular people, yeah, with a little bit of purple makeup on their face, <laughs> a little little purple splotch. Except for the Hare Krishna, <laughs> which is Hare Krishna, which purple. Right, right, right. <laughs> but they were figuring it out. But aren't, but aren't yeah. Hare Krishna is like 99% well, they, of the way to being zombies anyway from there. I, I will say there, that like... Michael Jackson's Zero, they really knew how to do zombie makeup, so that's good. Yeah. But when did um, when did when did Lucio Fulci's zombie uh, movie come out? What was that? That was 19, 1980. No, 1979. That was 79. Yeah, 79. Yeah, and I mean those zombies are good. And uh, don't I guess don't they came out a year or before that? All right. Well, but okay. All right. Like you don't think that it's like a pretty stunning critique of of uh, capitalism at the time? I mean, I, yeah, by the way, I can't good. Believe, I'm good. bringing this up. I'm bringing it. Good. Can you believe this? 
What are you bringing up, making a political code? I got to make a political code. (laughs) What? What is this? (laughs) I can't believe they made. I can't believe they made zombies political. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, whatever. Let's 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 talk about what we what we agree on. I like I liked that the quartering blocked our podcast account the first time we made one of those jokes. (laughs) Within like within seconds, I think. (laughs) So Return of the Living Dead, what, what, I think what's there, there's kind of like a nihilistic undertone to be sure. And some of that comes from like the perceived punk rock energy, which again, I, I need to be explicitly clear. Someone that grew up ostensibly punk, like that there was no one like when they quickly running around naked as like a thing. That was not a thing that ever happened. Nor did anyone have like the, speak uh, for yourself. Uh, I mean, <laughs> maybe I was in the wrong crowds. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I've done. I've had sex in a graveyard. Yeah, I don't know I about would, you guys. Well, look, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's, it's, well, it's 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 kind of more of like the goth. Uh, the beginning of like a goth kind of yeah. thing, right? where it's where yeah. it's completely an aesthetic. It's like an aesthetic, uh, emotive. Um, I mean, way of life, but in in the way that like um, you know, like a, any kind of lifestyle thing is a way of life. In this movie, it seems like it seems yeah. much more consumeristic than it is. But that's how teenagers are too. Like it's not like these are it's not like these are top level punks. That, you know, punk uh, punk incorporated. These are these are like teenagers running around Louisville, Kentucky. You know. Being all Louisville, punk Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, I, I didn't know I didn't know this till till recently. Till, till actually, till I was reading up some uh, information about the movie to come on here, and I did not realize. But the actress who plays uh, that the the character who is naked and for the majority Lynette of the Quigley. movie, uh, she's she's been quite active ever since. She never stopped she's making been movies. In, she's been. She's still honest. making them. She yeah. is what is known as a scream queen because she's been in yeah. so many uh, horror movies. She so here's so here's a clip of her talking about it more recently because she's on the convention circuit. I found this clip. I could only find I, I found a couple older interviews with her, but they're always kind of weird and misogynistic from like the you know the guys point of view. Yeah. Wow. So this is this is a less <laughs> this is this is a more respectful. Yeah, they don't uh, say. Yeah. <laughs> Who could have predicted? <laughs> I'm totally shocked by the base, the horror base that the, it is like become, and it's a cult film. When we did it, we didn't think anything of it. We thought we were doing another horror film, and of course, you don't see other actors doing their other things sometimes because you aren't in scenes with them. So we just thought, okay, we're doing a horror movie, and it'll be out, you know, come and go, and. That's when, because I loved horror myself, but then I discovered that there's a lot more people that love it too, which was great because I could meet them. But no way did I think it was going to be a cult classic and last this long. And I'm very sad because, you know, yesterday I was informed that James Karen died and he was like a driving force because he was always positive, always upbeat and it kind of like inspired you just to do more and be a better person too are there particular memories that stand out most powerfully for you that make you smile the most laugh the most cry the most in return of living dead oh my oh i get okay in the movie when james karen goes to the cremation place and he takes his ring off 
and they're playing that music, burn, you know, I don't know, that gets me every time I get just like really like, oh God, you know, because it's just like so horrible. And, you know, he's like obviously a very happy married man and he just does that. I, it just is sad. I swore I thought you said James Cameron, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make but, any sense. I was like, oh, no. no. <laughs> wait, wait, what happened? Wait, what? Yeah, J James Cameron uh, died Cameron. in 2018. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, I like to speak to my manager, Karen. Uh, for, for <laughs> He was in, like, Wall Street. He's in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That guy had a yeah. long story. No, uh, he was actually cast opening by night. Toby Hooper. He, night. About that. he was cast by Toby Hooper uh, for this film. And uh, he's the only person that, that actually stayed in there because uh, – uh, Dan O'Bannon was so impressed with his uh, performance, you know, with, with his because uh, he made him audition again whenever he was kind of recasting everything. He's like, no, no, you're, you're no, you're you're good. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, and, uh, like, yeah, the last the last bit of um, uh, uh, of Toby Hooper's uh, uh, vision is is uh, his casting. So, which of course, I guess we never mentioned Ch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's how people should know Toby. If you don't like, I yeah. feel like there's like the horror nerds and then, and then there's people that watch the show that are, that are not horror nerds. Right. So I think it's important yeah. to mention. Yeah. Now. Uh, also life force is an insane movie, but I love it. Yes. <laughs> it's completely nuts. Well, uh, yeah. By Dan O'Bannon, anything by Dan O'Bannon, always worth watching. Uh, always nuts. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, but, so, but, uh, but Matt, were you going to say something? Um, what was I going to say? Well, let, uh, let, let me see what I was going to say real quick. Yeah, One thing I like about the, about the punk culture is that like how it isn't just all spikes and chains. You see like there's like kind of new wave dude. There's the chick that's like dressed regularly. Like that's actually very accurate to what punk culture was at the time. So as much as I've only talked trash about it, like I think that like seeing it again, I was like, oh yeah, that's kind of awesome because it is sort of like that's what it is really like. It isn't like a bunch of people dressed up like they're going to an exploited show. You know, that's like not the only not thing that everyone's wearing spiked mohawks for hairstyles. Right. I mean, exactly. It's just that that isn't how it actually is. So that that part 100% gets it right. Matt, please go ahead. Thank you. Yeah. No, that's that's a great point. It was, uh, although I do question how many of those different uh, subgenres of punk would be hanging out <laughs> together. Uh, <laughs> Remember when Steve yeah, I know, in Louisville, the next big thing? <laughs> Well, in small town, as someone who grew up in his, in, a, in a town in, in California, is more in common with Nebraska than it does with San Francisco or Los Angeles. I can tell you right there is that all the freaks, nerds, and weirdos hung out together because there wasn't anyone else other than the normies. So solidarity. Right. There you go. That's how it should be. Right. <laughs> I, I I I don't know what else was I going to say about this. Um, where we were talking right now. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think we said everything about the uh, the specific punk aesthetic that this movie has and how, um, I mean... We can just talk about Linnea Quigley if you want, I mean... <laughs> she, she, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, it, with the, what, it never makes sense exactly why she just gets nude in the movie. <laughs> she I don't think it's meant to make sense. She doesn't even get drunk or anything, like, and yep. like, oh, she's acting drunk. No, she's just literally just sitting there and just has to just rip her clothes off. Well, a, then... a really a really funny uh, comment that I saw Dan O'Bannon saying is that he was like, yeah, I just assumed that this is going to be like an exploitation movie for like teenagers yeah. that, you know, are going to come in and just like want to see. But like he was like, I think it's, I, like, I thought it was going to be just male teenagers. And he and he was like he was like well you know I got to the actual premiere and it was male and female teenagers every 
everybody was there. And he was like, if I had known that, I would have, you know, put some dick into this movie too. And had <laughs> he's like, if I had known Quality. that, but, you know, I, he's like, I didn't know that. I assumed that this would just be guys. So that's, that's the reason. I I would say maybe yeah. like, oh, her being nude for her own reasons would be empowering or something. But yeah. at the same time, yeah. the, 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 it doesn't work in this movie because the, 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 the women, the female characters in this movie are pretty, pretty, pretty weak. It's sadly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it feels like the point of her getting nude, honestly, is just so they have a nude punk zombie walking around when she turns. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which yeah. Uh, I had originally saw this uh, edited for television uh, uh, years, well, years ago. Long? Uh, no no they they they, uh because they actually refilmed all of her scenes where she's wearing like a bodysuit so so like apparently like like you know um zombies don't have genitalia because you'll notice like the uh yellow zombie earlier in the film also doesn't have nipples um so so i just thought it was a a a choice that that uh zombies in this universe don't have nipples uh for the longest time until i watched the uh unreaded version uh you know years ago Hmm. Um, what do you guys? Oh, I remember. Guys what I remember. What I was going to say. Yeah. This is. This was a. This was a, a comment. I, I've had it in my head this whole time. And when you asked me, I couldn't remember. But this is the point to what you were saying. I, I uh, forgot who said it earlier about how nihilistic this movie is. In general, oh, it was me. Kind of neutron. I said that. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it doesn't get any more nihilistic than the idea that not only can you not kill the zombies, but no matter what you do, just creates more of them. There's no way to win in this movie. Like, we know in zombie movies, usually, you know, uh, even a winning scenario involves humans living in a post-apocalyptic world. But that's not even a a, a possibility here in Return of the Living Dead universe. The the humans will die. They will lose. There's no way to win. Uh, you kill a Containment zombie. is the right. only good option, right? Yeah. Right, and how many? And once you get to a point that they get to in this movie, containment's no longer even an option because where are you gonna, how are you going to contain hundreds of people like they did? Like this all starts because the U.S. military is able to contain what is it like half a dozen uh, bodies in those barrels that they show. Um, once it gets to the point of of them dropping a a, a, a nuke. <laughs> I mean, even that they show in the end doesn't even fix it because it just creates more zombies. Because once yeah. you burn the zombies and they're, they're, the smoke from their ashes yeah. rise and it rains or something, yeah. it gets the, the same. Uh, Which it, it also it comes, to the, it comes to the idea of like environmental degradation and acid rain happening around this time. Like, you that's know, what, that's what I was going to say. That was very yeah. much in the zeitgeist this year because I think it. Uh, it's it's in play at uh, Day of the Dead a little bit as well, but like it's very much like Acid Rain was like, hey, here's here's why the environment may be uh, in trouble right now, you know, in the mid eighties, of course, and it's like, yeah, Acid Rain is that's in our future, and like, well, what if Acid Rain but turned you to zombie? Uh, like, yeah, and they don't really. Rea- I mean, they react to it like rain water anymore, and I'm like, huh, I wonder why. But they react to it as if like, oh, like this sucks that it hurts, but not like that they're surprised at the actual fact that like the, you know, the rain is burning their skin. They're just like, oh, this sucks. The rain hurts. Like, uh, you know, so that's kind of a, another nihilistic moment that we're so far into this environmental crisis that it's like, you know, the, the characters are not like, oh, fuck, this means that something bad is happening. They're just like, yeah, yeah this hurts. And I wish it didn't. But like, let's get to the car. <laughs> <laughs> It kind of rings a little too true for today, am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. 
Well, good news is uh, acid rain's not so much the problem anymore. Just yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one, yeah. Lick that problem. We got a lot Live of carbon. carbon. <laughs> but the idea of it being like completely not containable, I think that's an incredible point because like that that's that's also makes it different than like the Romero zombies, which are obviously you know a plague and and it's something where it's it can get out of control and it does get out of control. But like the fact that again need to point out that from a horror movie standpoint, a Return of the Living Dead zombie is almost like scarier than a Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers or something along those lines, right? Because yeah. you literally you have to like burn them in a furnace or drop a nuke on them. That's like the third time I've said that. And I, I've repeated it for a reason because like, it's like, wow, you just made the toughest creatures ever. And wow. it's, it's it, yeah. And like, which another, another movie, that similar, that. another movie that kind of does a similar thing that happened that came out a year later. I mean, it's, you know, it's a remake, but a uh, little shop of horrors, right? Like the entire yeah. thing is that it wants plants to, you know, it wants the seedlings to be spread out throughout the entire world in much the same way that you can't destroy, you know, it might be, it might be fine to contain like six zombies or something, but like you can't contain yeah. as many as they've created in the situation in the yeah. same way. Like at the end of little shop of horrors, uh, the actual plan is like seedlings given to everybody. So it devours the entire uh, country. It's kind of the same idea. I think another bummer ending, just like neither living dead, just like return to living dead. I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> it's, <a bummer> <laughs> <Indians. laughs> it's morning in america baby <laughs> there is m-o-u-r-n-i-n-g morning in america um conan do you want to do the letterbox one-liners oh wow we're doing them early okay yeah sure so uh um Matt, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this bit, so I'm going to direct this directly to you. That uh, there is this site called Letterboxd. It is a social media site for film lovers who talk at, with, and to each other about the films they love, maybe the films they didn't love, films they're weirdly thirsty for. Makes sense. Naked women ran around. Uh, all of the discussions you can have, open source democracy, everyone gets to have their say, not just the Siskels and the Eberts. Uh, bottom up, bottom up. Everybody gets to uh, work on their tight five, work on their comedic material. These are best expressed in the one-liner format, which is what this is. These are the letterbox one-liners for Return of the Living Dead. We're going to react to them. Here we go. Oh, boy. Oh boy. oh, boy. I, too, have friends named Trash, Suicide, and Spider. <laughs> 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 nice background, by the way. That's a Yeah, I, I, I edited it for TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The events portrayed in this film are all true. The names are real names of real people and real organizations. <laughs> <laughs> I love that disclaimer. I forgot about that one. Yeah. I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the Repo Man of zombie movies. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can back that. Yeah. Certainly same vibe. <laughs> Send more cops. <laughs> I mean, movie, you know what that means, and that's not it doesn't work out so well for the cops. Am I right? That's right, folks. Well, someone's got to take care of all these cops that are really causing trouble. There's a there's a there's a metal band from uh, I forget where they're from called Send More Cops. It's a great oh really great yeah great great use of the yeah. There's <laughs> a there's a great there's a song by the great band Police Teeth called uh, Send More Cops. It's pretty great too. So. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> no fair. I want to dance in a cemetery naked. Well, well, well. I, right. It's happening right now. 
Uh, <laughs> Forrest will be DMing you shortly. We uh, just can't see it, you know? <laughs> other movies could choose to be this rad, and they don't. Hey, yeah, what uh, the fuck is up with that other movies? Yeah. I got to yeah. say, I was a little bit worried that uh, you were going to find uh, people complaining about this movie, but this has been pretty good. It's pretty good so far. Yeah, yeah. That's good. People like it. It's good. Watching the hordes of zombies attack successive arrivals of paramedics from outer frame is just such a funny bit. <laughs> True fact stated. Agreed. That's I. How does that only have one like? By the way, that's. <laughs> it's me. I'm the one that liked it. That was me. <laughs> I mean, but the, the there's only if I recall there's only two uh, ambulances that arrive. The thing that gets funny is the line of cop cars, and yeah. then they all get out of their cars. And all the zombies jump from the sides and eat them. Like there was a line of cop cars. That's the scene. That, that's why Russ Ryan's review only has one like, and it's me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the hero is a Nazi that works in a crematorium. Yeah, he's definitely Nazi coded. I don't. I don't know if. Wait, ever what? Seen... <laughs> I, I I thought this one was controversial, but I I, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a, he's a Nazi, but there's definitely like a little bit of I think parallels with him having the actual crematorium, I guess, and um, he he literally has like a Mauser, like a German uh, gun. What was the song he was listening to at the beginning? So they first introduced him. There's a little bit of coding. They were originally going to have a Chinese a Chinese like long pistol or something, but at the end they decided to uh, to have it be like a German Mauser. Like he's definitely he's definitely a weird guy. I'm not saying he's a Nazi, but he's definitely like no Mauser 17 is. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it out. Uh, wait, pin- wait, hold on. He has a pinup of Eva Braun as well in the movie. Does he? Oh. It's what I'm looking up right now. Maybe it's not so coded. Really? Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 17 is better than Maybe all of them. Maybe it's not so coded, yeah. but it's a flat out. <laughs> yeah. How did I miss that? I've seen this movie like yeah. five times. Well, like, I, I was noticing the last time I was watching, I was listening to that song that he was listening to. And I'm like, what? what is that song? And then I completely forgot to uh, investigate it. Because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, he's listening to a journey. It says this too. I'm looking at it's a sub- it's a Reddit post I found. Uh, he's listening to World War II era German music. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I mean, I think that I think that the uh, I think that the the crematorium is a little bit of a of a thing too, because like you know, he literally like that is what they incinerated people in in, in concentration camps and stuff. Like I could see that, and he's he's definitely. A weird I mean, it's character. also what you would do to a zombie. So I don't think that one yeah. is so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah he's like the Adolf body. Hitler of zombies, rounding them up and, and putting them in the oven. <laughs> By the way, Dead Snow, that's a good movie that we haven't watched or that we haven't talked about that is good. Oh, my God. I'm looking at Snowmiser 17 is vindicated for that comment. (laughs) Zombie punks fuck off. Hold on. I found some more. Here we go. Okay. In the DVD commentary, Dan O'Bannon revealed that he initially conceived Ernie as an actual Nazi in hiding. I, I... what the really? For wow. instance, in his introductory scene, he's listening to the German Africa Corps March song. There are several other cl- clues sprinkled out in the film that links Ernie to the Nazi party. Hold on, I want to click and see what the several other clues are. Uh, Careful, get on a list. <laughs> oh my God, this is I've been watching this movie. Jeez, I, how did I not pick up on this? This, this is yeah. This is this, this is like breaking news. Breaking news for a movie from 1985. So Ernie listens to the German Africa Corps March song, Panzer Roland in Africa Vord. Excuse my German accent there. Total on bop. his Walkman yeah. while he embalms bodies, carries a German Walther P-38, has a picture of Eva Braun in his morgue, 
refers to the rainstorm coming down like the Ein bin Trunken Soldat, which means a drunken soldier in German, <laughs> really knows his way around the crematorium and seems surprised and ashamed when he learns that the dead can feel pain. Wow. Uh, okay, so everybody find Snowmiser17 on Letterboxd and like this review because this is – Yeah, this shows. is – that that makes a lot of sense why he's like – the dead can feel like why he's surprised about that because that, that's also a weird scene that character has a lot of sus moments that i felt like i wasn't there's some joke or something that i wasn't getting completely you know what i mean like he's, yeah. he's very he's very cagey he's very cagey when they come in there and he's down to help them with anything but then he's like he, he seems very sus about it right like it seems like there's something that i wasn't clicking with that character he also goes I gotta that say, space holding a gun to the girl's head. That's true. I forgot about that. God damn. I, man, I, I gotta say, big, big, big move to make, like that guy said, make the Nazi the hero of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I again, least... Snowmiser 17. Come on, movie next extravaganza. Let's knock it out. Obviously, you deep watcher. I mean, geez. I mean, also, it could be problematic. Maybe this person is very pumped that the hero is a Nazi. <laughs> oh, that's oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh, okay, they, okay, never mind. It's big internet, right? right. <laughs> maybe, maybe he sees himself as a hero in a movie for the first time. It's the opposite <laughs> of that. Are wow. we the baddies, meme? It's yeah, the no, opposite. Of that. It's like, it's like, are 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 we the goodies? Like, <laughs> Finally, some representation in film. <laughs> Zombie punks, fuck off. <laughs> a long way to go for Dead Candy's reference, but here we are. Feel good about it. I don't think Dan O'Bannon's ever met a punk rocker. Yes, that's what I was talking about. We're, we're yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't I don't like that they only gave it three stars, but this movie's excellent. <laughs> Fair. Reason number one, while only dance naked in cemeteries that are nowhere near a medical supply store. Yeah, this is a very, I mean, this is a very weird cemetery, right? Like, it's like a backlot cemetery. Like, I feel like you have to be, uh, you know, financially struggling quite a bit to end up in that cemetery, as a, as opposed to, like, the, uh, you know, the, probably the nicer cemetery in the area. Just burn me in a fire pit or toss me in the ocean. I don't care at this point. Also, also, also the one guy says, I've never been to a graveyard before. Where they're like, haven't you ever been to a funeral? And he's like, no. Yeah. I want to live that guy's life, number one. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like, for real, man. Yeah. yeah. I've lost, like, five people well, in the last two which, years. Which which guy said that? It's, like, the the uh, the new wave guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. I, I think the, the, the purpose of him saying that is because he's the loser. So the point is he doesn't know anybody. He's a, he doesn't have any friends. They're constantly uh, ragging on him and making fun of him. He's yeah. like the outcast. They don't like him. Like, even the, yeah, uh, the, the yeah, new wave the girl who's stuck with him, she, like, hates him. She even says it. She says, I know, I, uh, whatever, I forgot his name, but she says, I hate you, but please hold me. Remember that scene? Yeah, oh, I yeah, think yeah, yeah, yeah. his name Chuck. He's like, she's like, hold me, Chuck. By the way, I, I would just want to say, I'd be fucked in this scenario where the dead come back, in, like in this, because I literally live across from a giant graveyard. In fact, there's so many graves in this graveyard that they are currently uh, expanding it out to make like a special veterans area for like, dead veterans or whatever so in in this in the case where something like this happened and it's a graveyard that gets impacted like first and foremost mm. i would be dead within sec there would be hundreds of people at my house <laughs> ready to I, I, like speaking of that graveyard two two more things that stick out to me dead I by dawn more like dead by 10 right yeah anyway, <laughs> obviously this yeah. is purposeful because it's uh you know it's supposed to be a comedy movie as well but yeah. Uh, don't know if I would trust the cemetery called Resurrection Cemetery. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it is called Resurrection Cemetery. Right? 
I mean, a little bit, a little bit too on the nose there about what's going to happen. And um, it's also, also resurrection the- funeral home. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, that too. I mean, obviously the funeral home is connected to the cemetery. I'm assuming yeah. he owns both. Yeah. Um, also, uh, the medical supply store getting their bodies from, um, I mean, obviously because they have to for legal reasons, but they literally are across the street from a cemetery and they're getting bodies shipped to them from India. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Well, well, think in- about why, why do they have so many perfect teeth in India? I was uh I was just yes that's to, that's a very weird scene yes I was it, it I was really spent a lot of time on it too which is I'm uh, I'm re-listening to to Reaganland right now and they were talking about how the FTC in uh in 1978 or something scrapped a rule that would have a regulation that would have made body snatching illegal so you might you know you might think that in this scenario they're doing right now I'm doing the the Asian body snatcher thing uh. anyway. <laughs> Who, who is you the, mean bro, the movie who, lied? <laughs> this, this has been sticking with me though. Who is Yellow Man? He said it in the um. Is, is that uh, the dude who's yellow? What do you think it is? Yeah, the, the, the I mean, zombie that was uh, super racist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you couldn't make you couldn't make Yellow Man today. No, but the, who the, was the one who's in the hanging in the uh, in the uh, uh, the freezer? He's oh, the cadaver. Yeah, it's the one that's called the cadaver. Yeah, he's yellow. He's not yellow. He's. Uh, I mean, he's... you know, it's like it's like in uh, uh, Sin City when the, uh, that yellow bastard shows up. You call him that yellow bastard. Uh, he's kind. He's kind of. He's kind of just oh, yeah. normal. Normal. <laughs> These know. are the letterbox one-liners for the Return of the Living Dead. Of course, follow movie night, movie night extravaganza on Letterbox. That's Forrest, your host over there. You can follow me, Kona Neutron, Incremental Brains. Uh, I'm all over there <laughs> as well. Uh, Return of the Living Dick. <laughs> engage your world over there uh is watching all the weirdest stuff uh so you don't have to or maybe so you can i don't know i'm not one to judge uh christina oaks the birthday ghoul down there she's uh predominantly johnny depp focused but uh, she's also i might do gerard butler next just to be like all his movies are the same (laughs) <laughs> uh but please follow us as well as all of our uh lovely feature guests and uh, and so on matt you're not on letterbox right i don't, I don't have to like i'm know. i'm not on letterbox i mean i think i am you don't have but to i don't be. use it i don't use I just, it i just don't want to like exclude you from the shout well, I, I couldn't find you just a moment ago so <laughs> there you go no don't worry i probably have never even used it that's why letterbox the place for film not sponsored by letterbox j andrew world takes away return of the living dick give us the bugs all right. Um, you're watching us on YouTube right now. Please do the YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell, and a big ask. But uh, this way, it helps other movie fans find us. Watch the video to it. At the end, we give you a great Conan Neutron song special for this month of zombies. Um, so, so uh, yeah, watch the end. That, that, helps, uh, that helps us in the algorithm. Um, follow us on Twitter, as, uh, which is also Movie Night Extra, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. I think it's spelled out on Instagram, and it's yeah. It's, that's well, someone else from Movie Night Extravaganza. They have one follower, and they like joined Twitter in like uh, I don't know. They joined Twitter a while back. You know, fuck that person. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, yes. Andy, please continue. Um, we also have a community on Twitter. If you'd like to join, um, we'll and mostly curious- Andy posting about whatever he was watching. But yeah, yeah, yeah you know, which which this week was a weird Steven Seagal movie. Um. Great. So if you're looking for that, join that. 
yeah no but but uh no emo dragon posts whatever he's watching and, and it's it's always uh fun to see like <laughs> the, the fans post more than forest than i do <laughs> <laughs> and i post polls to see who's seen the movie that we're about to talk about so, the, the polls know. are very clever the bo- yes the- yeah i spend a lot of time coming up with the uh, question you know the answers to the yeah. polls join for the movie stay for the polls Thank yes you. um we also have a patreon and on patreon we do the patreon things uh where we collect your money <laughs> oh is, is that the thing that we do on patreon huh. okay you know i spoke myself into a corner there you sure did i saw it i was like what's he doing with this <laughs> no way out um but the nice thing about the patreon is that you have access to the after parties forever yep <clears throat> and um we're uh, after party forever. We need a composer to get us on point with this. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll work on it after I do the election month theme. <laughs> it could be the election month theme. <laughs> <laughs> sure, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see where the day takes us. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So Conan, you got uh, Protonic reversal this week. Who's who's coming up as your uh, guest? Mark Davies of uh, Thinking Fellows Union Local Two Eight Two. Uh, of course, the Guy Pachotto Fugazi episode still doing massive numbers, so that's still available. And the and still uh, totally worth watching if, if you got yeah. the time, especially we'll if you it like up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It is, it is about the two hours and 45 minutes of talking, so it's, it's pretty long. Uh, also, the microwaves episode, which was uh, patient only, is uh, on the general field, general feed now so if you're interested in the pittsburgh noise rock band microwaves which i'm sure everybody is uh, i mean it's a pittsburgh heavy month really it's zombies right uh then check that out but yeah it's uh and there, there's some other pretty rad stuff coming up as per normal patroniconversal.com thank you and uh let's see you got uh, dangerous nomenclature uh which is uh, your most recent uh album on vinyl which you can order on uh, Bandcamp. uh plus you have action chief just the solos uh, which is also out there. And um, do you have any shows coming up? Because I think it is also out there. Yes, Andy. Yes, it is. Uh, it's also uh, out there. Yeah, Bandcamp. <laughs> it's it's actionchief.bandcamp.com. Literally just got back from tour yesterday uh, from that, that run of East Coast States where Forrest had the picture from from earlier. We're, we're redoing the Oakland date with McCluskey in November twenty. 20- Seventh, uh, it's like the the weekend after Thanksgiving. We're playing L.A. somewhere else, and and that, uh, and then we're playing Madison. We're playing Chicago, and I think that's it for the year. So, shouldn't be any more disruption to this show. Thank God. <laughs> Unless Andy never stops the plugs, you know what I mean? I mean yeah, yeah, these I plugs are going to be until twenty twenty three, and we're not even out of mine yet. But, but yeah, I mean, we're spending so much time focusing on yours. Um, commuter video too. Well, I do a lot oh, of yes. shit, man. I'm sorry. Yes, no, it's not great. Sorry. Commuter video by friend of the show, uh, Mark Barshard. Barshard from American Movie. Yeah, he's uh, did the video. It's it's uh, it's good to be into that kind of thing. Yes. Hopefully, he comes. Back I am. Soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, Christina, you, you had a big stream today. Yes. And you're going to go back to streaming after this, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a big, long birthday stream, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. So, uh, this this could be a different conversation out of context, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, R. Kelly, I had R. To... Kelly on the big birthday stream. Yes. <laughs> 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 
Well, it's not, not too far where I was going to go. But anyways, um, if yeah. you if you want to catch that stream later or uh, anytime you want to catch Christina, she, she's uh, over on Twitch. Um, yeah. uh, our, our, our buddy Clueless Ron has been clipping me constantly, and a lot of those are about my 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 desire for Sam Cedar. So, like. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God. <laughs> and also, uh, she has a Patreon. And it would be great for her birthday to get go get some patrons. So, Ooh, so give her some goddamn I'll, money, people. Oh, Matt, I would really love to interview for my Patreon page, by the way. Like, yeah, sure. cool. No pressure. Just ask you on air. Anytime. Keep thinking sweet. There you go. I've been on. It's good. She's yeah, awesome. we talked. We were like, it's only going to be 30 minutes, but then we talked for like an hour and a half. <laughs> exactly. Well, we decided we had a shared brain later on, so that all worked out well. Yeah. And uh, Matt, you have a bunch of uh, shows, which uh, I know I know about Doomed, which I didn't know about the other shows until until the uh, intro. And I'm like, what am I? What's what's wrong with my life? Missing that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, as always, uh, you could watch the live streams at YouTube.com/slash Matt Binder. I also multi-stream on Twitch at Twitch.tv/slash Matt Binder, and I got two shows, Doomed, like you mentioned with Matt Binder, that basically. Uh, talks politics, focuses on right-wing media, uh, the far-right, far-right movements, uh, right-wing conspiracy theories, um, and that's at doomedcast.com for the podcast version of that show. And then I also have a anti-cryptocurrency show called Scam Economy. Um, that's been, I just started that one earlier this year. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of people seem to enjoy that one because it's one of like two podcasts that talk about crypto and are there's like none there's like none to do it yeah it's kind there's, of amazing. there's yeah there's tons that talk about it but they're trying to sell you the <laughs> right bullshit. that are not yeah, yeah they, yeah, they yeah. don't have like an as uh, yeah yeah and so that's uh that's scameconomy.com for the podcast version of that show and like uh you guys mentioned earlier i am also on the majority report every thursday i was it was tuesday this week because sam is going to be streaming uh on the show live from this uh lawyer conference he goes to every year on thursday so i was on earlier today for my weekly majority report appearance well i'm, I'm just picturing, I'm picturing Sam, majority report i'm ah, picturing Sam walking around trying to like trying to find like a good divorce lawyer again <laughs> he's like <laughs> walking around the whole, he's live streaming he's, <laughs> he's been doing that thing for a long time man like it's been like like over 10 years if i remember right i mean it's been a while. Yeah, he's been doing the majority. Well, he started it started on Air America in I think it was yeah. 2004. It was the old show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then as the show he does now online, it, it, he started that in 2010. Yeah, that's right. Yep. But um so I I wanted to make sure that we got uh Andy to do the plugs before he's been not feeling well. So I figured so we can keep talking about Return of the Living Dead. I just figured that um or Return yeah. of the Living Dick if that's your speed. <laughs> I I just figured I'd, you know, that's I don't, I don't, parody. I don't, yeah, I don't, that's yeah. the porno version. So I have, I have this, uh, I have this clip about, uh, Clue Gallagher and, um, the, the like tension between, uh, Dan O'Bannon and him. And, and, and honestly, Clue, I guess, not getting the film. And, you know, later on, I, I watched something where he said that, like, he thinks that it's actually art and it's like one of the few films that he'll ever get that he ever had the chance to do that's like pure art and like there was something that he doesn't think should have been able to get made but it was and he's really proud of it but this is about uh the actual process of filming where he didn't get the 
<laughs> you didn't get what they were making. Well, here's the thing about Clue. First of all, he cares very deeply about his work. And he was not all certain about this film. I mean, how can you know what the film's going to be like unless you're the director and have it in your head? So this could have very easily been a piece of crap, throwaway horror movie. And this had him worried. That was one problem. The other problem was he didn't get hired until the last minute. We were having a hard time finding somebody to play, you know, the owner of the medical warehouse. An old, older man who was handsome and, and knew how, how to present himself on screen and how to hold the screen. And we weren't paying much and, yeah, you know. And so I didn't meet him until he walked on the set. Okay, the first night of shooting. Everybody else, as you will recall, I had a couple of weeks of rehearsal. All those scenes of you guys together yelling and screaming were, in fact, as you know, very carefully choreographed. People see the film, they think it's just a lot of yelling. Well, as you recall, once I had you guys together, I said here are the specific words and phrasing I want to hear. Okay? You all mark it in your script. The rest, you can yell and scream at the same time, but be sure to let this word or phrase come through. So it was a lot of rehearsal. It was very beneficial. I was thrilled with the result on the screen. It looked just like what I wanted it to look like. It looked um, chaotic. It looked like ad-libbing, it looked like yelling and screaming, but you heard every necessary word. Clue had no rehearsal. Clue had no introduction to me. Clue had nothing. He walked cold onto the set, and it was a scene which was later in the movie, and it required a very high level of energy on the part of the actors, and Clue hadn't had a single opportunity to work up to the level that I needed. And I rarely do this. I know that Lacazan did it a lot. I know that Oliver Stone does it, which is to make an actor uncomfortable in order to get a result. I needed Clue to get a, to the highest level of energy, to the this is near the end of the film where everybody's driving around, smashing into things and running. And they needed him to get there instantly. So he mounted the camera on the front of his car. And um, he got in the car with uh, Spider. And this was the first shot. And uh, <clears throat> they were supposed to drive like crazy. And... Just before it rolled, I went over to Miguel and I whispered in his ear, I said, once that car is rolling, once it's up to speed, I want you to tell Clue to fuck himself. Okay? Because I thought that would make Clue so mad that it would instantly pop him up to the level I need. It worked, but it started Clue off on a kind of a sour note there. He was not happy. 
And through the whole filming, Clue didn't have a clue. He did not know what kind of film was being made. And it worried him appropriately. He blew up at me a couple of times in the set. I actually got to point it. You see, Beverly was scared of me. I got to where I was scared of Clue. And he was carrying around this piece of lead pipe. And I thought, what if Clue comes after me with that lead pipe? So I, I, I told him to substitute a rubber pipe. So if he came after me, he'd be hitting me with rubber. But it didn't work because Flu picked up and said, this doesn't have the right weight. I can't work with this. Where's the real problem? And so I said, oh, please, don't kill me. And I gave him the right thing. Now, film gets finished. We have cast and crew screening. Clue comes out of that screening. All smiles. He was beaming. He came over to me. We hugged each other. He saw what the film was at last. And he liked it. He saw that it was a respectable film that made him look good. For my part, I saw that he gave a terrific performance. Just what I wanted, only better. So, under those conditions, everything is forgiven on both sides. So, it's interesting he mentions that because when Edgar Wright was doing interviews for Shaun of the Dead, which we're also covering later this month, he said one of the things he doesn't like about Return of the Living Dead is how there's so much yelling. Everyone's always yelling all the time and screaming. Like, and then, like, he specifically didn't care for that and chose to, like, make an aesthetic choice not to have it. People do that. You're that's, tearing that's... me apart. Oh, wrong. Which, uh, apart! Which, which kind of makes it funny that he made that, um, <clears throat> he made that movie, uh, what the fuck is the name of it, where the guy's, like, deaf and listening to the music the entire time. Oh, uh, uh um, Baby Driver. Yeah, baby, baby driver has a lot of so, so like like half the cast is incredibly problematic, but it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. No, but it's kind of filled with like high octane, high octane sound for a while. It's, it's all needle drops. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah. No, I, I just, I just, I just thought that was notable because like, yeah, Edgar Wright specifically didn't like that, but it was an aesthetic decision because there's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of yelling in this movie. And I like I that mean, they rehearsed I mean, wouldn't it. you I mean, be yelling, though? If, if it I mean, it's realistic. like a reasonable yeah. thing to do. Yeah. I'm glad you played this clip because this is a thought I actually had when I was rewatching the movie this past week. Um, first time in, a, you know, maybe a couple, like a, you know, two or three years. It really hit me, like, just how well done the movie is. Like, usually you could be talking about one of these. Like, I love all horror movies, but there's obviously uh, big jumps in production value in a lot of horror films, yeah. especially. Uh, horror films that uh, sort of uh, dive into the schlock and everything like that. Um, you know, the production value may not always be the greatest, and the acting may not always be its best. Just Linnea, movie... just Linnea Quigley, right? Her her filmography, because she's the scream queen of B movies, pretty much. Like, just right. her filmography yeah. is a giant jump between like amazingly scary shit and then. Uh, Total you know, trash. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. like her character was named but correctly because like she's in a lot of the, trash. The, the production values. She is not trash. The, she's the, <laughs> right. The production values, the look of the film, the feel of the film, the acting, the story, the commitment to making the story uh, seem legit, even though it's got. It's a very horrific, uh, you know, story while still injecting comedy into it. Um, 
it, it's really solid. Like everything is really good. Like there's there, yeah. it, the film holds up. There's nothing that's like oh they had to do this because this way because it was the you know the eighties. No, it's 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 a great movie. and and it's, the, it's got a huge budget. It's a classic yeah, uh, structuring of uh, a comedic act because something like um, look at like Airplane, right? Where they have you know Leslie Nielsen in that movie plays like the straight man, like um, different than the Yellow Man, of course. Um, but Leslie Nielsen <laughs> plays like the straight man, and there's you know there's characters. There's always one character that has to be like the straight man, which is um, you know Clue's character in this, and they have to actually like you know act as if things are serious. And then there's always one character that's kind of like whiny and then can do the comedy, and that's the. Uh, that's you know that's the Frank character where he's like, oh just do it, just do it already, like freaking out. Yeah. So they they structure the actual comedy to it as like a comedy duo, like they're throwing back and forth. Yeah, and, and, and it works so well. Those same actors come back for the second one to play different characters, but it's basically <laughs> the same. Which is like, no, just do the same thing, but these are different dudes now. Well, they got nuked, so you can't really, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I get it, but like, but also, like, speaking of that point. Let's also remember, Clue was like, what was like the Virginian? That's like the big thing that that he that he was in, right? So it's like he's a pretty like staunch kind of old Hollywood guy, but like not an A list actor. So it's kind of funny that like to have him be sort of like needled. Uh, well, he he was an A list actor, kind of just uh, at a, at a time like decades before this, right? Like, well, that's is, but that's my exact point is he's yeah. from a different time. That that is literally the point. Is that like it's like yeah. Virginian was um like God like was like sixties, right? If I remember correctly, and like basically a different era of like uh, of entertainment, let alone like movie making, let alone the idea that like. I mean, I, 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 I'm just wondering, like, how they, like, did, did they give him the script? Like, well, so, <laughs> like I mean, it's, you know. So let, let me, I mean, let me see. If I, I would love to it. know that, the answer. Let me, that, let, me, let me try to see if I can find it. Because this, this is five. I don't want to. Because it almost it. seems like we talked about a little bit about Ed Wood and about, like, you know, like, you know, Bella Lugosi having, like, kind of fallen in hard times. I really being able to get work, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Similar yeah. So I don't, I don't want to play the full. So there's, this is him talking about it. Okay. Um, so I, I yeah. So I, I don't want to immediately jump to. I'm just, I, I want to know. How do you end up? He, he was kind of uh, a short version. Is he was at the sunset of his career, right? Like he had kind of um, yeah. played all the cowboy roles. The the thing that he does best is that like he's kind of almost like a Burt Reynolds. He was, he was in Winning he with uh, uh, Paul Newman and uh, um, uh, Joanne Woodward. Uh, so, yeah. so he gets he got the script late. Um, let me let me see if I can. I mean, I just won't play the whole thing. I guess which is which is like a racing movie. Uh, does uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two come up in this? People. They were just, from here and yonder, somehow it meshed, and it became a work of art. Dan, who had never directed, I don't think before, was open to suggestions from old timers. A lot of the kids that were young and inexperienced. I think a few of them, it was their first movie. He talked Tom Fox into doing the best thing in the world. He talked Tom into paying for a week or two of rehearsal. The picture has that improv feeling because dialogue is snapping all over the place. We rehearsed for a couple of weeks, real tight, and we did it in sequence, just as though you were doing a play. And it was marvelous because we all had an emotional map as we went through the picture shooting out of sequence. We knew where we were emotionally and our, our, our timbre of, of the moment. You know, I think it's time you tell us what the fuck's going on. I don't have to tell you anything, Dick Brain. We think you should. 
working with Clue and Jimmy Karen and Don Kalfa was such a thrill for me because I was well aware of, you know, all three of them and their and their previous work. I was a huge Poltergeist fan. So Jimmy Karen to me was, you know, the guy who moved the headstones but left the bodies. And Don Kalfa, I remembered from 10 and all sorts of stuff. Clue Gulliger, I had watched in Westerns when I was a kid. So that was really exciting for me to work with them. When actors are going down, when their career has more or less come to the sunset, that's when they take these types of films in those days. One day I asked the director, Dan, I said, Dan, how come you chose me for this part? I said, well, what other leading man would you have chosen? I mean, what, who would you have gotten? And I thought, and I thought, and I knew he was talking about money and availability and all of that. I said, you're right, I can't think of anyone. I was really excited about uh, when I heard that he was going to do it because I'd seen him do so many marvelous things. And uh, he's terrific in the picture. Kalf and I worked together a lot. He played one of the greatest characters I've ever seen. He, was, he had a, a weapon and a holster like a fast draw artist. He had a pipe. And it was just so inventive. Dan has a very kinky sense of humor. Weaponry, you know, he, we talked about it, and he said they just do it the best, the Germans. The weaponry is extraordinary. Originally, he wanted to give me a broom-handled Mauser, which was sold to the Chinese long, unwieldy, you know, pulling it out of a holster. We went with uh, the P-38. Crazy Don Calvo. Crazy Don Calvo. He, he was so crazy and so wonderful, and is. So it's basically what I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that explains why it's even for how over the top it is, how it's so good and feels so, yeah. you know, legit. Cause these old school, real act, real deal, like experienced veteran actors took it really fucking seriously for the type of movie it was. If every actor took every movie that serious, regardless of what it yes. was, Every friggin' movie would be amazing, and no matter what you know, what sort of storyline or over the top, you know, uh, uh, you know, development it has. It's and why is Jeffrey Combs so great in everything he is? Because everything he does, he treats it totally seriously. He's just an intense dude. It uh, but it, it makes a lot of sense why. Uh, I mean, it doesn't make it, but like um that he's older in this movie and that's why they cast him but he lived another 30s so like uh he he died this year so he lived he was, in, he was in piranha three double d by the way which is an exploitation <laughs> film that as, as you can imagine by the title that, also that I think was, also uh dan o'bannon the the reason that, that he knew all the names of the guns i don't know knew, how i know that by the way and he sorry. was going so hard with like uh <laughs> trying to figure out what gun to use and like this whole image that he was yeah. looking for he was one of those crazy people that like stocked up he had like he said he had 10 fucking like pistols in his oh, house he's a prepper was he a yeah prepper? he was a prepper oh, but then but then he said finally he got married uh like before this but like you know like, get rid he, of this he shit. money so he had to get rid of nine of his 10 guns and then he had a kid so he got rid of the last one and now he's like a normal human being but like it, it, it makes he's you no longer an homosexual actually it's well weird. he also he also had made alien at that point and like he was getting really famous overnight like he wrote yeah. alien i forgot yeah. about that yeah no he, he uh he came in through jabberwocky's dude why did we talk about a lot of stuff since then? Yeah, because uh, if you remember Jabberwocky's Dune, uh, was uh, he was like the yeah the he people was with uh, Mobius. Wait, wait. Did you say Jabberwocky's Dune? Is, am I saying that wrong? I'm Jodorowsky? Yeah, no, Jodorowsky? Yeah, no, you're definitely saying that wrong. <laughs> Jabberwocky's Dune. 
Jabberwockies, dude. <laughs> See, right. don't, don't worry. See, don't worry, Matt. It's not only you he comes at for, for stuff. It's... <laughs> you're not feeling well. Cut you some slack. But yeah. Jabberwocky's doing is. Uh... <laughs> yeah, John I, but... I just figured I'd flap my lips and just let whatever. No, but so he, so he. But yeah, no, actually, and he also worked he with like. Bankroll, uh... He had to bankroll his own uh, work in that. So yeah, he ended, no. up, he ended yeah. up flat broke and actually almost yeah. homeless. And was working for uh, he... Heavy Metal Magazine uh, yeah. or Metal Hurlant uh, in France. With um, uh, Mobius, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> Jabberwockies, dude. Uh, yeah, who can forget the classic film? Sorry, sorry, sorry. To, be, to be fair, I actually did an episode of Scam Economy on that, that book because there was this, uh, this DAO, there's a group of crypto people who got together to, to buy it. Thinking they'd own the rights to it just by buying a copy of this rare book, and then they found out the hard way that that's not exactly what it was. But long story yeah. short, for the purpose of this discussion, I uh, made sure not to pronounce his name as often as I could because I was very close to always saying it's hard. Is doing too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like John Roski is like, like it took me like, look, I, I butchered that. And I'm the guy that like, look, my name's Conan. Like I've got like no ground to stand on, right? But like, like I try to get people's names right. Uh, but Jab Jabberwocky is uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty but good. yeah, and, and then I, I feel Alien. like I feel like I'm actually surprised that no one's used Jabberwocky like the Lewis Carroll uh, poem. Yeah. I'm surprised no one's used that as a crypto thing yet because it's such a uh, it's such a nonsense. Jabberwocky coin. Yeah, yeah, like it's such oh, a yeah. nonsense poem that like I could see somebody being like, okay, we're gonna use this and it's gonna have some Jabberwockies are gone. <laughs> <laughs> And by that, and by that, I mean the Federal was like the, the the gold standard. The Federal Reserve replaced the gold standard, and that's why we need Jabberwocky coin to get, to get us right, back exactly. to that place. And it's backed by one hundred percent gold from the gold reserve. One hundred percent Jabberwocky. Which, blood. by the way, we're launching on Friday. Uh, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Tune in, tune in, folks. What? I'm sorry, Andy. Before I, before I just mercilessly mocked you, did you have a point with any of that? Uh, yeah. Uh, no, I was just. Um, uh, yeah, uh, Dan O'Bannon, you know, had, had kind of a, uh, uh, a, a long, um, you know, was busy doing other stuff too. That that's yeah. Uh, I would lead with, don't you know who I am? I wrote Alien. Like, I mean, yeah. like, start with that, and then like I directed Die the Living, or, sorry, Return of the Living Dead. Like, is like he also good, like, he also script doctored um, uh, Blade shit, Runner. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He, he he came in towards the end of uh, filming because like some some stuff wasn't quite working out, and he uh, he was one of the script doctors, and that's where he kind of really got into Philip K. Dick, and he bought uh, the rights to what would become Total Recall and Screamers. Oh, yeah. that's super cool! I didn't know any of that. And and, yeah. and huh. so but he was he was mainly known just as like a writer. I, it's also interesting that uh, Alien he and his roommate wrote as a short story, um, like on their floor, like and this is between the time yeah. Doom had crashed. He like. He wrote it out on his floor with his roommate, and they wrote it as a short story, and then sold it. So they're actually the reason that Alien, like the original Alien, like it's their entire concept. Did we talk about we... any of this when we did Alien? I don't remember. It's too long. I, I think we did. I think we did. Briefly. We, we touched on it. Was, I don't remember what happened last week. Lola, what happened last year? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean it was like one of the few times I get to mention, you know, like Metal Horlant and and uh, uh, <laughs> which I am saying that right, right? The the French version of heavy metal. I don't know. I took German. No. Oh, okay. 
Anyways, um, I, I'm like and, the Nazi uh, cremator, apparently. <laughs> I still can't get over that. I still, we I, I'm blown away. Yeah, I learned I'm, something. I can't stop thinking about that. Yeah, and and I didn't say Morbius instead of Mobius, right? The Morbius strip. Yeah. 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 No, I, I I like I like the whole Mauser thing, and he's like, oh, you know, it's the gun that they sold to the Chinese, just, the Germans at the time, I, and then you know they replaced it by this gun, and it's like, dude, so this like is straight up like a Nazi. <laughs> I can't and believe I never caught any coat. of that. that he has the leather coat. He has the fucking Nazi yeah. no, coat. I get it now. Comes out yeah. in, and I didn't even pick up on that really necessarily. Like the, the fact that that is like the the fucking Nazi coat that he's wearing when he goes out there with the fucking Mauser. Yeah, it's it's uh I, I, I can't believe as many times as I've seen this they never caught that. I'm usually pretty perceptive, but yeah. he's that one guy uh that, that made it what the fuck is his name that they did the trials for that ended up in Argentina. It's um, a guy that made it political. I gotta make it political. <laughs> but uh but with oh, that, uh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. starting with Matt, final thoughts about this movie and uh you know, anything that we didn't get to or anything. Final thoughts about the oh boy, we, we didn't get to we didn't get to the zombie on the um the take your time the, do, do whatever you want the surgery uh uh whatever it's that's called. an incredible scene you're right yeah yes yeah. yes when they're asking why do you eat brains and she's going the pain <laughs> the pain it's it's in the 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 again the it's pretty wild it's obviously puppetry because the the character i mean is 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 but smaller than a human being at this point and it doesn't have the lower portion of their body um and it's just fantastic uh visual and the the that scene's always gonna hit different now though because when he actually asks like oh it hurts it it hurts to be dead and he looks around like that like i like i just assumed he was like thinking about his own mortality or whatever but like now no it literally hurts yeah Yeah. well it also it also i always looked at it as he's a mortician so he's the one opening people up when they're dead so that's how that connected to me like oh he's gonna think like i'm hurting these people while when i'm opening them up to embalm them and whatever you know um but the nazi thing oh my god Uh, (laughs) my dream job was to be a mortician snow miser 17 called it well the, the makeup artist for the bodies at least what, what else do you guys think is behind that? I mean, the notion of like pain through death, right? Like, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me in the sense of like, uh, you know, why do zombies seek people out like to eat them? And it's just the brains in this case. But it's like, oh, well, that is the cure, you know, and, and there's like drug crises, I guess, kind of uh, skyrocketing at this point. It's like, you know, 1985, it's the middle of, you know, Reagan's oh, second term. So it does, right. I guess. It makes a lot of sense in that way, but like, do you guys think that there's kind of almost like a deeper meaning, like a, a collective consciousness, almost that um, <laughs> that that brings us into the feeling of collective pain in, in this sense, or do you think that it's just kind of a, an explanation that they came up with? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that movie intends to get that that deep. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think it intends to do any of those things. But like, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think it, the fact that it brushes up against it is what makes it a classic. Right. Right. I mean, I, I just, we could go back and talk about Tarman some more. I mean, just fantastic. Character. Your time, I mean, bud. Like, like we were, like, we didn't we didn't get to this. I know they mentioned it in the clip. The movement of Tarman is is really I've it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, even, um, even the way I, even the way he he when he talks when he says oh, more brains the way he moves his neck back and yeah. snaps it forward. Um, I mean, so this is the actual guy talking about the the motions. Oh, that he put this is we're gonna it. see what. The, yeah, the actor so, who it's way cuter when Christina like does it, but yeah, um, it's because there's an actor doing it, like they were saying, right? right. Yeah, 
That's, oh. that's awesome. Yeah, so this so this yeah. is the actual guy. That's a uh, gif right there. That's a react or a emote or whatever the hell you call it. I didn't I didn't know that Andy was not gonna be feeling well, so I like put things into after party folders and main show folders, but um this is this is a clip that I found that I was gonna bring up in the after party. Uh just it, don't click uh, on the Return of the Living Dick folder, and you'll be fine. <laughs> it, it, it's the uh, it's the Tarman actor, and he's like a he's like a well credited actor too. Like it's not like they. If this dude has an English accent, I'm gonna literally shit. <laughs> I love Tarman. Oh. Let me tell you, yeah, the Tarman character. Let me tell you. Uh, the thing about the Tarman is, <laughs> I, I was walking in the slums of London, and I just said, you know, it would be crazy if there was some guy covered in muck and dirt. <laughs> Um, I auditioned for the role just like all the other actors did. It wasn't anything uh, special. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I remember going into the audition and uh, being. I like I like Alan Troutman. That's a good yeah. name. That's a good name for the guy that plays the Tarman. Yeah, it's good. It almost told, like well, this Tarman. is a little bit different. It's not a regular, you know, kind of a role. I remember Dan saying that he really wanted to see the Tarman character. Uh, thinking he wanted to, he didn't want it just to be this big lumbering monster. Uh, and the other thing he told me, of course, was about the physicality that he was just sort of being held together by goop and, and hardly anything at all. And that if he would make the wrong move, he would just completely fall apart. That whole movement that he did, that dancer's body that he has. In my mind, it's sort of a feeling of like, well, if I if I lean a little bit too far one way or the other, I'm just going to break in half and that'll be the end of it. So it was sort of like this. I remember thinking of it as sort of a balancing act. Like if I if I went a little too far, I would fall over. But if I just sort of kept everything, it's like, you know, when you when you put a balance of broom in your palm of your hand like this, that type of thing. And that's sort of the, the what was going through my mind uh, in, in terms of the movement, I guess. I didn't see Alan before. I think they had put up drapes and because Dan wanted to meet me to be very um, scared when I saw this uh, outfit he was wearing. And uh, so I didn't get to meet him. I didn't get to see anything until we actually shot this. And uh, it was it was good. <laughs> it was a great costume. It was wonderful. And his body movements were so unique that um, you just couldn't help but react to it. That poor weepy girl who had to just cry all the time it's a lot of screaming in this movie he's right (laughs) (laughs) and he was fran sinclair from dinosaurs really wow Yes. I didn't have that on my bingo card. I, I <laughs> no. did find it funny when um, I forgot which who just said it, but it's someone in the, the, the documentary just said, you know, to see him with that dancer's body. And then they cut to him how he looks today. <laughs> 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 Not really someone who, who you picture yeah. with a dancer's body. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. By the way, the chat just sent the second best compliment I think we've gotten on the show. You know, uh, I keep a notebook ah. handy when listening to the show. People are always suggesting excellent stuff. That's what nice. we're here to do. The, the first best compliment, I think, is is when we've had actual like directors be like, no one's asked me that question before. I always feel like that's the that's that's uh-huh. that's the height. But this is a this is a close second. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Si. Appreciate that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I, it is crazy to see that guy be like, yeah, that's a dancer's body. Like he looks like he, he looks like either he would be like a, an extra and like one of those like I mean, Ghostbusters or something like that. I think like he looks like one of those it's just like a that guy, or like a that my, guy. my orthodontist or something. 
<laughs> you mean Ghostbusters or Andy's Orthodox? One of the other. <laughs> Alan Feldman, uh, DDS. The, the the jaw that they like, I would love to know. The, I'd love to. I'm sure they they've talked about it somewhere. But the effects they use for him to speak, because that's obviously unlike most zombies. Yeah, just it's take like on a, some prosthetics. Yeah, yeah, this is like a legit like this is this is a legit costume he's wearing, and that that mm-hmm. mouth movement is incredible. Effects. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know if we talk happening. about it here, but this is the other production design clip that I found where they're talking about actually designing these uh, zombies. I, I pulled a lot of stuff for this. I watched through a lot of it. There's also a lot of convention yeah, footage. This, that, this, this is the second clip during Matt's final thoughts, but that's. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I wanted to get <laughs> see if every, everyone had, you know, the conversation kind of went all over the place, so I wanted yeah, to. His, his, his final thoughts are like a whole little mini show. <laughs> I know one of the hesitancies that Dan had about hiring me originally was uh, he was very familiar with my work because we were both mutual friends of Ron Cobb and we'd see each other at parties and, and Dan had seen my dinosaur book. He was very confident I'd have no trouble designing the corpses. His concern was that I wouldn't know how to do any high-tech stuff, high-tech design. And then I did a comic book cover called Alien Worlds. And it, and it showed a spaceman being sucked into the ground with all these little creatures surrounding him. And Dan looked at the detail in the spacesuit and he said, Hey, stop and do high tech. And that's when he decided to put me on the, the short list for production designer. I knew right away I had to have some very strong artist to design the stuff in the picture. It had to have a look and it had to uh, be a capable artist. And um, I've always tended to go more toward a, uh, a good artist rather than a, a, a movie professional designer. And so I thought of Bill Stout, asked him. He said he'd like to do it, and we got together, and we just sort of thought our way through the thing and um, built it wonderful, wonderful, wonderful designs, some of which we were able to, to pull off very much to my satisfaction. Like, for example, the tar man, that black, drippy, skeletal guy. I mean, we got that right. I don't know if uh, Bill still has the artwork he did for it, but um, it was quite gorgeous in a hideous way, and I, and I think we did it justice pressure of time budget it was a very low budget picture the rest of the corpses we had a very specific vision we wanted them to look like uh, actual dead mummies like you would see in guanajuato i like to do as much of the design and effects as possible before you do the principal photography it wasn't fully possible but yeah i got built right away we just we got cranking on this stuff dan's a really smart guy and a really good storyteller and as i said he's very visual uh, usually as production designer, I'm usually the first person that a director hires because they want to get a really good visual hook on the film uh, early on so that the, we're saving money. We're not wandering all around visually trying to find out what this film is going to look like. Uh, Dan was smart enough to do that. We didn't have a whole lot of lead time. Uh, I ended up working seven days a week. Uh, I think I took half Saturday off, but the other days were 18-hour days minimum. It was pretty grueling. I just figured that's what I had to do. Plus, also, uh, working on the other films, that's what I saw the other production designers do. So I figured if I was doing anything less than that, I was not really uh, working my full job or benefiting the film as, as I could. Challenges. Nice. That's where he says there's a lot of challenges, uh, kind of neutron and neutron and neutron and neutron of challenges. Oh, yeah, there's a clippy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess it's the other, it's later on that he says the Tarman uh, design that like, goes through it. But 
yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. Anyway, the, the he rattles first, on for a bit. It's pretty cool. But <laughs> the first, the first clip that he does, uh, the, the, they're talking about it, where he talks about how he actually got the idea from the way that actual mummies uh, and like you know these uh, these preserved yeah. creatures actually are are designed. Actually kind of was. fascinated me. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so, Bolos uh, are better than bow ties. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, in in, in closing, I guess. Um, I, I think I think this is really. Uh, we actually have a clip of your closing right here. <laughs> oh yeah, play that, play that extra clip right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Pause yeah, it. I mean, in, <laughs> pause it. I really do think this is like the the premier zombie move, modern zombie movie. I think anyone um, who leaves this film out of the discussion of how you know how we got to the modern day zombie the, the, that created a a world that saw see zombie movie after zombie movie now zombie video games zombie TV series um, that doesn't include this movie which I feel like this movie gets left out a lot of discussion and sort of leaving behind the whole major influence that this movie you know left with uh, with its uh, its creation and it's a whole I mean it's a whole franchise. Uh, like yeah, the you know, other really ones, good. you know, the, the second one, the second one is fun with that. The second one, the only one thing I really stands out for me, the second one. I mean, it's a good movie, but the thing that really stands out is the end with the uh, the Michael Jackson zombie that does the weird like when he gets oh. electrocuted, does yes. the weird like <laughs> dance. But and I mean, a great poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this and, this and the one, third one has uh, the, nothing the, the, redeemable. No, the, the, <laughs> no, there is something redeemable. Andrew World, which is the actress, is incredibly beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I think that it's. We talked about this last week when we when the after party. Um, kind of the idea of like it's kind of terrifying. Obviously, the Romero version of it, which he he changes in in Day of the Dead. Uh, but like the the idea that something's coming at you and you can't understand why it's coming at you. And that kind of right. being being the intensely scary part of the Romero zombies, I think. That, but here it's literally telling you, like, like, look, I'm going to eat your brain, and I'm yeah. going to eat it, and that's why and, I'm coming. For but you. but I, and so I really think, smart too. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. The, the, the grabbing the, the the you know the walkie talkies to call for more paramedics and more cops, the setting up traps to overwhelm them. Yep. Um, you know the the ability to they're just nonstop. You can't hide from them. There's no way to get rid of them. The Freddy when Freddy turns, he's able to climb the ladder and get into the attic. Tarman yeah. is able to set up a whole contraption to rip a door off the hinges. I mean, which is another they're, they're thing. Like they're hiding in. They're literally hiding in the attic. He has an attic crawl space ready to go for them to hide up in. If you're if you're going through the because a. Apparently he's a Nazi, which we learned tonight. So, um, but uh, birthday girl, let's hear some final thoughts. So again, when I first watched this movie, I was not expecting a full blown, you know, punk comedy. Uh, I, the fact that this is not like a big dramatic movie, actually, in my opinion, kind of makes sense because it kind of takes you know something different with like the genre, with the zombie genre in general, which I like. It gives more more wiggle room to do more than just what Romero does. Um, I think even though the acting could be a bit overdramatic, they all knew what they were doing in the end. And in my opinion, it's probably one of the, surprisingly one of the best uh, zombie movies to be quite honest. So I give it 12 out of 10 brains. 
I knew that's what you were going to I was like, I was going to be pissed if you weren't like 12 out of 10. <laughs> gotcha. It's the law. It's required by law. Um, but Conan, let's hear the let's hear the final thoughts. Look, I had a big old chip on my shoulder about this movie for a long time as a younger man. I don't really understand why, uh, because I watched it later. I was like, oh no, this is great. I think part of it was I wasn't ready for the comedic elements of it. Uh, later, Cemetery Man, Dead Alive, et cetera, et cetera, sort of rewired my brain. I came back to it and uh, was able to appreciate how badass it is. But also, the thing that I focused on on this most most recent rewatch for the show was. Holy crap, what, like, as far as, like, daunting power levels for, like, creatures to be up against, like, these, this, this is, like, you're, you're screwed. There's, again, containment is the only option. This is, like, on the level of murder, uh, murder extravaganza, a cabin in the woods. Containment, like, literally, like, you're, you're going to mitigate your damage. Like, okay, so we're going to, we're going to blow up Louisville to save the rest of literally the world because there is no stopping any of these. And the fact that they are, as mentioned, not just like, you know, intelligent, but like actually like cagey about it goes back to the I am legend conversation, which all this stuff started from the Richard Matheson book and the fact that they were like cagey and they were like, you know, surreptitious about how they would try to achieve their goals. And this is the only time you really see that in zombie universe movies that kind of like went away uh, for, for most. And there's exceptions to prove the rule. But as far as like an, like an oncoming horde that like have like human like intelligence and canniness and can like plan and like lure people into traps and things along those lines and are also ostensibly indestructible. You're boned. You're boned, humanity. It's over. It's over, yeah. Johnny. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's like despite the fact that uh, tonally like I, I like again, first time I saw it, I was not stoked about the tone i love it now i mean obviously now you know it's i'm 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 super into it uh what quibbles i have with it i think also can be endearing also and i think that includes as mentioned like the sort of over dramatic moments that that, that that happened with it and uh yeah this is a classic and, and i'm really glad that we included it and i'm glad the mac came on for it because it's it's good to have someone that has a deep love for it uh on for the discussion it's uh, it's the opposite of having the girls from These Are Bad Movies on. To... Wasn't gonna say it. Wasn't on the episode. <laughs> I was about to say it too. <laughs> Wait, did I miss some sort of drama? What happened? I gotta know. Oh my god! Oh, we can no. say we we don't need to talk about this. On yeah, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. We we <laughs> love. We know, love Amy and know, Amanda. They, I invite them on for movies I like, and then they shit all over those movies every single time. And they're like, "Oh, we hate this movie," but don't tell me that they hate this movie until they're actually on air. They're like, oh, "Yeah, no, here's that the makes that smart." That makes for a great content. They did the right. They it, did the right thing. <laughs> I think people were pissed though because they came on for Midsummer and everybody in the chat was like, "But I like Super Midsummer." Stoked, dear. Yeah, yeah. Every, every, yeah. <laughs> like, just getting messages from multiple people like, "What the hell's going on here?" I, I and that was that was one I was gone for tour on, and and like I was actually listening in, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." Banging your head right. against the wheel. Yeah. Mid Midsummer, another one of those movies. Good movie. A little bit over, uh, a little over credits, a little bit much. It's it's, it's yeah. a good movie, but it's good. Yeah, right. No, I I think I think that's I think that is a hundred percent an overrated movie because Hereditary was such a mind blowing thing, and yeah. I think Midsummer was less mind blowing than uh, Hereditary was. But at the same time, you know, I mean, I don't have it. Like, I like that movie. Like, it's a. You it's know what? You, know, you know what movie blew my mind? The uh, horror movie I've seen in the past year that blew my mind, and I still think Wait about honest. it all the time. Lay it, Lay it on us. Lay it on us. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Yep. Ready? Yep. Malignant. Malignant. 
aka Basket Case 2021. <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I I I I, I like Malignant. Malignant was good. Malignant there was, was a movie. There's a movie that's like it that I missed. Basket Case. Basket watch. Case? Well, it's not. I don't know if you can say it's like there's it. I, I really. The next Galifianakis show. I can't no. wait till we no. talk about. You know basket case. This is like classic, like Z grade horror. Yeah, no, I, I, I know it. I, I know you know it, Andy. Come on, I mean, <laughs> if you didn't know Andy, come on. I mean, this, this is like the kind of movie that, like, of course, Andy watched that. But basket case, <laughs> but Malika, it's good. Uh, but if you watch basket case, like, wow, it's like <laughs> high budget hot girl basket case. Yeah, I'll have to <laughs> check it out. Wow, all right. But uh, have, have I did like seen, it. To be clear, to be right. clear, like it, <laughs> have yeah. you guys seen the uh, the other the the new movie in theaters right now that everyone's talking about, Barbarian? Oh yes. No, you have. Is it good? It's it's pretty good. Like it's probably. I mean, there's been of a like revival of like good horror out there now, and uh, I mean, it this kind is of, like the Airbnb movie. Like it's like a yes, like, yeah. Okay, hey, hey. I, I very. Well, I haven't seen some, it yet. Don't spoil it. But I'm very. I've interested had some horror in stories in the Airbnb. You know, talking about Airbnb horror stories. Another one of those Airbnb horror stories. I'm like, is there like a subgenre that's developing now? <laughs> there's the there's there. First there was Hostel, and now there's Airbnb. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh. Where do you hear? Where do you see the Uber horror movie? <laughs> Oh, I boy. think there is one. No, I remember. I remember seeing a horror movie. Yeah, it's called Spree. It, it's. Yeah. Uh, I think that it, guy gave me a ride from the airport. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but Andy, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I I love this movie so much because um, first of all, it looks like William Stout's art. Uh, William Stout is one of the two artists I always credit as like really influenced me in going into becoming an artist. So uh, that's why I, I I so much love watching this movie. Um, Stout. Uh, for those of you who don't know. Uh, started doing movie posters professionally and then did a lot of work for um, uh, uh, paleontologists and did several beautiful dinosaur books, which I had gotten whenever I was very small and very much influenced me wanting to become uh, an artist just like him. Uh, but uh, if you've not seen his work, you've, you've seen his work because he did Wizard, uh, you know, the uh, the animated movie. He did Life of ah, Brian. Yeah. He did he did Animal House. Like, like just just absolute classic all-timer movie posters caveman no nobody's seen caveman except for me <laughs> i saw it at the theater yo but that's a whole other story we believe you anyways um yeah uh don't watch caveman that's we the won't. important thing just don't if Andy's um, done, you don't you know that that's yeah, yeah, you really it's, 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 it's. yeah no i mean if you're a ringo star fan like just don't <laughs> y'all live in yellow but, uh but yeah, so we'll be back on Friday. We're gonna be. We have the. Uh, the... <laughs> we, we, were you actually done, Andy? Was that the end of it? Like yeah, it was kinda... mostly. I, I was gonna actually just watch. just uh, say that that you know the other thing this movie benefited from visually was the fact that Bernie Wrightson, who who you know was mentioned earlier, yeah. really did uh, do some groundbreaking work in the '70s with uh, some of his horror artwork, which he did totally raise the bar from what was done in the '50s with uh, yeah. EC. Uh, yeah. You know where they they did mention Jack Davis, who is phenomenal and i absolutely love jack davis too um you know is is uh he's another person who like you've probably seen his work around uh and you didn't even realize it because he's done lots of uh uh um like tv guide like like look up his tv guide covers like like those are a lot of fun 
Um, well, if there's one thing I do in my spare time, I uh, look up some, some TV guys. You know, TV honestly, guide covers, yeah. Uh, honestly, like, like, there's some great art. Like, Frank Frazetta did some TV Guide uh, uh, covers. Stops, um, stops. It's okay. It's, it's fine. We yeah. believe you. Yeah. But, like, like, like they, 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 they got some good people there. But anyways, or they had back in the day. Um, but yeah, no. That, Turn just, this off and watch TV Guide at TVGuide.com. <laughs> on Roku. Yeah, I'll be starting my TV Guide book cover podcast <laughs> um anyways no but uh uh yeah it's just it's just great because like i said this is uh this and masters of the universe are the two movies that just like look like one of my uh favorite artists yeah he did uh william stout did both movies mm. um so so the dolph longer and masters of the universe movie i watched well, i'm familiar no I, fa- I, I'm yeah familiar. no i've watched it a lot but because of his uh set design work and it really like carries through like like yeah. as bad as that movie is, it looks pretty. It's not great. Yeah. No, it's terrible. <laughs> but but it does look great, and, and that's the strength of it. And that's uh, this is actually a good movie that also looks great too. Uh, so so there you have it. Um, watch this movie instead of Masters of the Universe. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be back on Friday with uh, you know our George Lucas correspondent Bonnie Burton. Uh, you know, I'm excited to have her back on. I'm excited to talk. We're talking about Zombieland. Um, we were gonna have a uh, an after party tonight, but Andy's not feeling well, so we'll save uh, full blown. But fool me, seems like he's he's doing fine. Oh, I'm gonna crash right <laughs> after this, but but uh, if I am feeling better, I will be seeing the room with uh, Greg. Uh, what's his face from the Stara. movie? Yeah, Greg Stara. Yeah. He's gonna be introducing it, so hopefully I'll be well enough to uh, actually like see him and invite him onto the show. <laughs> Come right. on my podcast, Greg Cicero. Anyway, I you know I, I'm just gonna say uh, end of the show. My final thought. Uh, I can finally, get us out of here. Thank I can you. finally see one thing, one thing that can re- relieve this horrible suffering. Live brain. <laughs>